The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerbox.com. CIC Powerbox, wherever you go, go with power. Welcome to the Bartender Rant Podcast. I am your host, Steve Haley, and I am so excited to be back again. That's right, we're pulling double duty, back-to-back nights of episodes. We are coming to you live from the pool room studios at the Elwood Mansion. Cannot wait to get into this episode. We actually have a tag team coming on the show for the first time since we interviewed the one, the only, Trauma Parlor. So excited to introduce you to our guest, but before I do, as always, I must bring in my dark uh, token, gorilla t-shirt wearing, beautiful smile, teddy bear loving son of a bitch, God, he's so beautiful. He's had a little bit of an ornery day, but I love him so much. I just really love him. Michael Windsor, everyone. God, that was terrible. Um, and it's gorillas. It's not gorilla. So Yeah, I just thought that was a Pittsburgh State uh, t-shirt. No, so it's I, not. I, your microphone was covering up the Z. I wasn't sure there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really am trying to shorten those intros, but it's hard to try to prepare them where I'm coming with new material. So I'm going to have to maybe uh, try to start inspiring myself uh, myself with some of the great uh, speakers of uh, that came before me, you know, um, kind of like Dwight in the office uh, is inspired by Mussolini. And yeah, that, you get, and, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you start quoting Mussolini. It <laughs> is a privilege to podcast. Mike, what is new, buddy? I know I just asked you this last night when we were doing our, our most recent episode, but what is new? As I've said, my life's not very interesting. We are live streaming again, so all of our Patreon members get to tune in and see this episode live. So just another reason to join that Patreon if you've been thinking about it. Uh, But aside from that, really nothing too new going on, you know? That's right, guys. Despite our best efforts, we actually are making progress, which um, shocks a lot of you out there. Um, We do have the live stream feature. We have a lot of other things that we're trying to roll out for you guys. Look, just because Michael doesn't have a what's new, I do, okay? In one week, Mike, I finally get to go to parking and fines court. In Baltimore, when you've accrued enough red light camera fines over the course of like six (laughs) fucking years and uh, you keep getting fucked because every single time you have court scheduled, some type of COVID or Omicron uh, uh, court cancellation happens. I have never been so thrilled to go to court, plead guilty, and pay a fine in my entire life, but I just want this fucking ordeal to be over. So raise a glass for me out there uh, if you are just uh, sick of bureaucratic bullshit and you are ready to be done with it because next week, Steve goes to the district court at Wabash and he's going to pay all of his parking tickets. Very exciting stuff. Um All right, guys, let's keep it moving. As always, we love you. We thank you. We could not do this show without you. People like Leo, who just jumped on the live stream. I see you there, bud. Um, (laughs) It is our listeners around the world that support us, um, that really inspire Mike and I to keep doing the show. And uh, we could not do it without you guys. Please keep supporting us in all the different ways that you do. And listen to the outro for a 
ton of information of how you can get more involved and rep this brand and help us keep growing this brand. Um, yeah, if you if you think you see the the episode descriptions like oh three hours is long, it's like fifteen minutes of that is just us talking at the end about what we uh you know the different things to promote and get involved with the show. No doubt, so. <laughs> no doubt. Also, I'm on a stopwatch, but if Mike keeps jumping in, I'm going to put him on one too. Um, a somber moment here, guys. As we always say, a disclaimer. Look, mental health is very important to us. We talk about it a lot on the show. Um, because this business weighs on you. Okay. Uh, the hours are long, the business is tough. Um, customers, managers, these, uh, these people and this, these environments will wear you down. So please, um, if you're struggling, if you're self-medicating, if you're struggling with substance abuse, don't wait another second, shoot us a DM, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to just be a shoulder, um, you know, somebody that you can just kind of unload on a little bit. Mike and I have dealt with a lot of these same things and we understand what you're going through. We're not professional counselors, but we are here to listen. Um, if you do need professional help, Mike does put resources at the end of each episode in the outro. Please listen to those. Reach out. Do not hesitate, guys. We want you to be happy, healthy, and coming back to enjoy uh, this show with us and having a ton of fun with our awesome uh, bartending guests. As Mike always says, this world is a much more interesting place with you in it. And that is very true. All right, y'all, it's time to have some fun. We have some incredible guests joining us tonight to fiercely brave their way through the gauntlet. It is Kim and Cha. And man, have they brought another crazy take on a Boilermaker. It's Miller High Lives and Fernet Branca. Here we go. All right, ladies, Kim and Chow, welcome to the show. <laughs> hi, hi, everyone. How are we doing? <laughs> doing well. I, look at you ready, prepared with bottles in hand before I've even asked you to pop anything. So. <laughs> I, uh, your reputation precedes you. As we were just getting on the feed, I thought it was very uh, apropos that as I'm putting on my headset, all I hear is we have only one mic, but we got plenty of Fernet, right? <laughs> and two bottles get hoisted in the air, um, which which makes me very happy. How are you guys doing tonight? We're good. We're always prepared, you know? I see that. We, we you, have quite, <laughs> you have quite the bar stock behind you, so... Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm quite jealous. Welcome um, to the office, guys. Welcome to. Yeah. The <laughs> You're ready to go to work, and I love how you said you pregame the episode. That's going to keep things loose. It's going to make Mike and I feel a little bit more comfortable because you know if we're the only ones getting drunk on our own show, it just it's not a good look. It's just not <laughs> good. You know, we want it to be more of a communal experience, so that's nice. Um, I, I always like to start off by asking our guests, "Why the fuck would you do this crazy show? Like, what what made you interested in actually coming on with us?" Well, it's it's rare that you find people in the industry who are a willing to do a podcast about this industry because I mean I feel like there should be multiple sitcoms about this. You know, <laughs> somebody needs to be recording us with mics on twenty four seven. Like, there's it's never a dull moment. And two, it's just cool to you know be a part of something bigger. Talk to some people from a different part of the country and um, you know share our experience. And, uh, you know, listen to other people that you guys have talked to and learn from what they've done, too. It makes it feel makes the world feel a little bit smaller, which is nice. It does. It feels like it's all one big bar that we're we're exactly. sitting kind of with the show. Exactly. It's kind of fun. Um, and could you could you share with the people where you're from? So I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm from Puerto Rico. So two different <laughs> points, two different mentalities, two different cultures, a really international thing going on over here. <laughs> 
Awesome. Yeah, no doubt. That I, I think that's pretty incredible. Um, as and we, live uh, in, uh, we live in Tampa now, so we're based down here. Okay. Okay. And that's becoming, uh, I mean, Tampa's exploding. I mean, uh, especially with the brewery scene down there. I know uh, you guys are going to share. Uh, I, I just mean that Southern part of Florida. St. Pete's is an awesome brew town. And um, uh, I'm sure you guys are going to share a lot more about the cocktail scene and some of your bar experience. And I, I can't wait to get into that. I was going to say, uh, Kim, as a fellow uh, Midwesterner, you know, roots in that area, I am so fascinated that two of you, this mix and blend of different cultures and how it affects your bar experience and your relationship. And I think that's so cool. And I cannot wait to unpack that, not just the your drink in, your time in the service industry, but also the gauntlet. But um, let's start off with a bartender's handshake. What do you guys say? Uh, can you tell us about why you picked Miller High Life and Fernet Branca uh, to uh, showcase on as your signature drink? Yeah. So, I mean, Miller, I'm from Milwaukee. I grew up drinking MGD. And <laughs> when I got to college, I moved to High Life. It was, you know, still cheap, but not quite as heavy as MGD. Um, and then, I mean, Fernet, we just, it's its a bartender staple. It's got so much history, you know, you we, just, we love it. We got it. We got hooked on it. The, the true story, uh, Luciano, Costello, the guy from Banffy that represent Banffy for many years, he met us in this uh, night of drinks. And we were at the point that, you know, you cannot drink anymore because you've been <laughs> drinking and you're like, I can't. And this five, two, five, four Italian guy, he's like, I have the answer for this. He opened his blazer and he pulled out a little bottle of it. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. There you go. And you're like, he's like, yes. Toma, take it. And I'm like, all right. But we got it. Before that, we love it. But that day have a meaning. It have a it was just that moment that you fall in love with something and continue carrying it. It's a safe song. It's healthy. <laughs> so did did it cure you that night? Were you able to to shove a few more drinks on top of the fernet after a, it? A couple uh, bottles of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool because it moves you from one to another. So if you're drinking wine all night and you want to start drinking liquor it kind of, it like resets your stomach somehow. So you can go yeah. from, you know, drinking four bottles of wine at dinner and then do shots of tequila if you do Fernet in between. If not, I mean, you know. But we, all know we, we all know the cliche, right? You know, yeah. uh, liquor before beer in the clear, beer before liquor never sicker, right? That's the thing that you've heard from, from the time you're like knee high. And uh, I think that sentiment as we do this show has proven to be that of ignorance. Somebody who has never worked in the bar business, either, you, either us bartenders have so much tolerance, it's an iron stomach and you can throw fucking anything in there. Or we drink a little smarter. We throw a little bit of an aperitif on top. Yeah. So a tincture to settle the stomach. And, um, exactly. you know, obviously Fernet has roots in almost a medicinal uh, sort of liqueur. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in, uh, in the rest of this drink history. But all right. Tell the people how y'all do it, because I think it always starts, you know, no matter what the alcohol is, no matter how we're preparing it, um, you know, Boilermaker style or along with a beer, you do it your particular way. Are you somebody that pounds the shot, then drinks your beer? Do you back them up back and forth? Do you sip your Fernet? How Drop the Fernet in yeah. the Miller Highlight. How do you know? <laughs> hey, don't, don't knock it till you tried it. There's many ways, and, and we respect everyone the way they drink. I think alcohol is made to be drink however you feel, and it's safe for you <laughs> in yeah. life. 
Yeah. Uh, my case, I like to get my Fernet and I do a little shot and keep my beer. It's like like double pounding, man. Like you, you keep a balance with both hands. At the end, you continue. That's I. I think at a certain age, I I stopped drinking shots. Yeah, same. I, I can't anymore. I think I overdo it in my life. So now I need to do the two 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 drinks at the same time. <laughs> Almost as a pacing mechanism, right? It's yeah. like, all right, I did enough curls with my right arm. <laughs> gotta make sure. Gotta make sure I get the other one in. So exactly. Um, I like that. Um, now, do you guys usually pour them out in the shot glasses or is this something like, hey, let's get a good tumbler? Okay, good. I got my shot glass here too. Um, why don't we pour a little bit of this beautiful Amari up um, and enjoy at least a sip as we say cheers tonight? And I have both bottles here. I prefer Brancamenta. Okay. Just my preference, but we yeah, have both. Burnett, I use to, you know, settle my stomach. <laughs> now, now, what's what's the other one? What's the other one that you have? So just Fernet Branca, and then okay. this one is the Branca Menta. This one's the mint. Branca Menta, okay. Yeah. Just in case, just for any of our listeners, because you know, I know we had originally kind of pushed in the description that it would be maybe Fernet Branca, but either one works. Yeah. Maybe whatever your preference is. Um, let's raise one in the air. It's so wonderful to have you all on. As we always say, don't just listen along. Drink along. I was actually going to ask you, Cha, uh, is the colloquialism in Puerto Rico, is it salud uh, for cheers? Sí, salud. Salud. Okay. Salud. In Puerto Rico, you hear a lot of people para arriba, para abajo, para el centro y para dentro. Okay. Yeah, that's something that they, they do a lot is uh, up, down, center, and inside. <laughs> okay. yeah, covering all your bases. Um, yeah, yeah I, I figured I'd ask before I butchered it. So, um, like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but with sharks. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> a better version, I, I would say. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about the history. Uh, I just want to talk about Fernet Branca. Obviously, we've talked about Amari's on the show plenty of different times. This particular one was uh, first formulated in Milan in 1845. Now, if you just heard me say that number, but you're not like a math person, let it roll around in your noodle that this has been bottled for 170 years, okay? So the next time that somebody walks into your bar and says, is this all you do? That's when you need to look at them and be like, hey, how, how long has your company been around? Because my profession, they've been bottling this thing for 170 years, right? There's obviously uh, a draw to what we do in making people feel good and feel special and, and hosting the party. Um, I also thought it was cool as I dug into the family that this is another great story of like uh, somebody kind of having that entrepreneurial bootstrap mentality in the bar business. So, so there's this guy, Bernando, Bernardino Branca, who was a self-taught herbalist. And, you know, he just saw a lot of these other um, uh, kind of almost like half alcohol, half medicine, aperitif, digestives being produced in Italy at the time. And he saw an opportunity to kind of get into this game. So initially, Fernet Branca was really uh, supposed to be like almost like Pepto-Bismol, right? It's going to cure the stomach. Do you have worms? Do you have menstrual, menstrual cramps? Do you have cholera? It, this is going to settle the stomach, right? Um, and it's going to be a pick-me-up that also has a little bit of that alcoholic quality to it. Um, eventually, over time, you know, it became a staple of Prohibition cocktails, 
as the first ever headquarters outside of Italy was in Tribeca, New York. The draw in that early era of like prohibition style cocktails within Manhattan really forced a lot of this specialty liqueur and alcohol out of Europe and into the mainstream commercial market. Um, There are so many things iconic about this drink, uh, but I want to focus on two in particular. So the first one is the logo. It is just, again, one of the reasons why it's so great to collect Italian Amaris. Look at this girl. No way. You have a tattooed on your arm? Oh, she's the real deal. Wow. I you, somewhere Javier is it, I I don't think he's actually in Vegas right now but he's looking at his Dak till he die tattoo on him and and Dak till death Dak till death and he's smiling Dak till so death. um obviously we uh we all know some of the branding around it uh this being called the bartender's handshake cuz you know it's kind of like that bitter bitey sweet slap in the face that well, the menthol, because it yeah. is an acquired taste. No you doubt. Know? Like, I, I grew to love it, but that first time I took it, it was it was. Oh, yeah. It reminds you a lot of Jaeger. Yeah. Mm. But and Mike, Mo- it's just Moser. better. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more complex. It has a depth to it that I think um, Jaeger is a, that very robust licorice flavor, and I think that this has so many more layers. Um, uh, and that's not to knock Jaeger, but I just do think that there's a greater yeah, depth. Yeah, it's also not like a thick syrup right. either, so you know, you know, that helps. I, I, I'm just going to speak for the four of us sitting here. Bartenders are an acquired taste, all right? I haven't loved them all the first time they served me a drink, but I, they came, you know, I definitely Touché. came around on them. Touché, um, my friend. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to talk about the branding, we know it is the bartender's handshake, but it's the quintessential logo of the eagle carrying that uh, Amari bottle on the top of the world, almost like turning the world around. Um, that is just so iconic with this particular brand and really put them on a map um, uh, with some of the other Italian Amaris, uh, you know, Agnostora and their famous misprint of their labels. Another great example. It's just so iconic. You can't separate the two. Now, the last thing I wanted to tell you guys about before we move on from the cocktail history is about the selection that uh, uh, Bernardino actually made for the original recipe. And I thought that this was so fascinating. It was almost like Thomas Edison-esque as he tried all these different solutions and recipes and kind of finally found his way to what we know now as this unbelievable digestif. Um, the, the contents, the contents of this are 27 different herbs from four different continents. Um, they include spices, roots, and aloe, which I find, found really interesting. I dug deeper into it. Some of the stranger ingredients are actually very specific type of Asian aloe plant from Sri Lanka. Um, or sometimes uh, they would source it from India and specifically, specifically chamomile from Argentina. Now, Obviously, in the in the day of TikTok fame and bougie, you know, chefs, you know, picking out like gold leaf, you know, caviar uh, to profile on their on their video blog pages. It's not weird to hear like this very thoughtful process about what ingredients he selected and from where and why they were special and different. But this was 1845 and he wasn't a pro at this. He was just somebody with passion that was like, I'm going to have a standard. I'm going to do it until it's right. And, and it's lasted the test of, uh, of bartending time. So well, I, you I imagine that- like him creating this and, you know, being in like, like I imagine him in like a, a castle somewhere with like a giant 
cauldron. Oh, yes, yes. Sorcerer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sack chamomile. It's kind of <laughs> about dragon's blood. And you're like, all right, cool. We'll drink that for but, 700 years. That history, you know, continue because today Fernet in Argentina is big. I'm like, there's sons just name and create just because of Fernet. We're drinking history, my friend. That's an interesting uh, buddy uh, buddy movie right there. Italy to Argentina, they don't they don't love each other in soccer. They're not very near each other, but yet there's this there's this great kind of culture um, uh, that was bridged by this drink. It's just a beautiful thing. So, well, I, I am curious and, and very nice uh, drink history as always, Steve. But how did it get to become known as the bartender handshake? Does anybody know? I so I have that as well. I I, I just didn't want to get into that just because uh, I thought a lot of our listeners w- maybe knew the story. But um, so right around the time that they put their headquarters in Tribeca, New York, um, you'd think that the majority of the Fernet Branca that was bring, being sold in the states is East Coast, right? This is the early 1900s. But there's this emerging food and beverage scene in the early 1900s and into the 1950s in San Francisco. And that starts to become the spot where all of this this boom of like very, very intense cocktailing is happening. And Fernet Branca becomes a staple of that scene. Um, And there were some descriptions uh, of like – that like some famous, um, uh, I'm trying. I'm sorry, I'm losing uh, the word. Famous critics in that San Francisco scene that um, described Fernet Branca in a way that kind of like memorialized it in print uh, in the very early days of like the true prohibition cocktail era. And one of the descriptions was Fernet Branca, a liqueur that makes you feel like you fell asleep and woke up in a foreign country with people fighting outside of your hotel window. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, I get what they're saying. It's bitter. It's sweet. It's like confusing. I don't understand this flavor. It's licorice. There's nothing else like it, right? So, um, I do think that it's like the nitty, the gritty, the sweet. It's almost like this weird mystical charm that it has. I don't know, but um, you were gonna leave. You were gonna leave that review out of the drink. No, I just, I, I, you know, I thought maybe I I thought we had a lot. And again, my stopwatch is a buzzing right now. I'm just kidding. Um, we're, I want to get the show back to you ladies because you are the stars here. So let's move on. I want to talk a little bit now about your service industry experience. We call this category the drinkton, right? Like your service industry LinkedIn. So three questions I need you to answer. First, what was your first ever job in the business? Second, what positions have you held? And you can just, you know, run those off. Uh, and then lastly, where are you now? All right. So my my first ever job in the industry, I was a bar back. I was a bar back in a hotel in Puerto Rico. And that was the person and the work that built the human being behind the bar that I am today. I think if wouldn't be because that hotel, Hotel Sima in Puerto Rico, the person that mentored me, that she used to be a big bartender back in the in the 70s in New York and she moved back to Puerto Rico. I will never reached to the point that I got today. That was my first thing. Um, I've been doing basically every single position since that. I've been also in the industry of the airlines. So I I tried to escape because, you know, there's a certain point that in your life you try to run away from the industry. But when mm-hmm. you love it, you never leave. Uh, and after that, 
I become who we are today. That I wear consultants and we represent different companies and different brands. And we're really proud of what we do. And we're still in the industry trying to make a little different, um, trying to bring a quality of life at this point. That's why I'm heading. Yeah. I love that you've taken your experience and turned it into power and, and try to be impactful now for maybe those coming behind you or those brands that you're passionate about and, um, did you say the airline business? Yeah, my said? friend. Okay, yeah. that, that that's an interesting one. And and the, we've had a guest on. I'm not going to say who who, you know, she splits time between that business and bartending. And mm-hmm. you don't think about it, but it's the perfect combo. It's like it's kind of like the teacher thing, right? Where they have their summers off, but the difference is you fly when you fly, and when you're off, you can pick up shifts. You know. And it's two jobs that they require a lot of adrenaline. I think you're constantly serving and and and, and have that, I think, is, is an adrenaline thing. If you're in that industry, it's really easy to jump from one back at each other. My case, I was doing training and teaching people how to be safe around the aircraft. And people say, what? You used to do what? I'm like, yeah, I rescue people. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I ask you which of the professions, bartending or being uh, on the airline, um, is harder to deal with the people. Which people are more difficult? Your drunk yeah. bar flies or your or your drunk passengers? Listen, I must say, I think I have equally respect for both uh, public I, and for every single employee from the airlines and bartending because if there's something that we have in common, it's like we deal with a lot of bullshit. Mm. That's it. I'm like, Please, people girl. forget manners. When they're drinking and when they're flying, they forget manners. They both really challenging. I think in the aspect of the airlines, you work with life in the sense that you're going to put it in aircraft and you're going to put it in the air. And if you don't do things right, it's really hard. Mm. And I think it's it's both, man. Like, honestly, it's really hard. Yeah, but not to mention, like, in an airplane, you can't kick a bad guest out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you got to deal with that until you land. No, so. you need to wish that someone had dot tape so you can wrap it around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know that all too well from the times my mom made me sit and do my math homework. Um, Kim, tell us. What, in duct tape? She duct oh, taped she you, Steve? It, uh, almost uh, two or three times a week would duct tape me to the table. She said she spent more on duct tape uh, when I was yeah, a child. I'm gonna uh, take it. When I need you to do stuff for the podcast, I'm just going to have the lady duct tape you. Drive, drive here to Maryland, duct tape me, baby. <laughs> that, must, that must be a Midwest thing because my mom did it with a belt. There it is. She belted me to the chair. Yeah. Listen, Midwest moms, they have a hell of ingenuity. I'll tell you. Yeah. They're a creative bunch. Um, so a Kim, yes. Kim, tell us a little bit about uh, your roots in the business. How'd you first get into the game? Uh, I started when I was 15. I worked for a Radisson Hotel in the banquet. Yikes. Club. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. Um, I always I hear in- horror stories from the hotel business. Woo! I mean, I stayed with hotels for a really long time, uh, but I moved over to Starwood a little while after that, and I loved loved working for Starwood. And then Starwood combined with Marriott, and it was all grand. But uh, yeah, my mom was in night school. Um, she was going for her hospitality degree, and she got a job at the Radisson as a banquet manager and hired me <laughs> to get me out of the house. Um, so you're a Nepo baby. This is very exciting. Yeah. I got my first job through nepotism. It was my buddy's yeah. dad's restaurant. So you there know. you go. I'm telling you, we have more Any in common. You can than get in. 
Yes, any way you can get in. I know, I'm already getting worried about this episode, to be honest. <laughs> hey, Michael, I got you. We're going to have a little lot of I'm going to need you. Yeah. I'm going to need you, Joe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, she brought me in and I started serving banquets. And there was one banquet where the bartender called out and they threw me behind. They're like, you know how to serve wine, right? You're from here. And I was like, wow, that's... <laughs> Uh, assuming a lot of things. I'm 15 years old, but yeah. I, can yeah, I was going to ask how old you were. Yeah. I can open this a bottle. illegal. <laughs> I mean, back then it really wasn't though. Events is always the that yeah. gray area, right? I mean, I did a few weddings at 15 and 16 yeah. and I'm like, that's maybe where the first uh, little seeds of addiction came in for making drinks <laughs> and getting tipped. But um, So what were some of the other positions you've held? Because it obviously sounds like the the hotel business exposed you to like top to bottom stuff. I mean, you're doing a lot of events, hospitality, you know, you're doing some bartending, but um, have you also moved kind of throughout the business and you're consulting as well now? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've worked every position. I mean, I went from server, bartender, events, event lead, supervisor, manager, um, dishwasher, food runner. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Purchasing (laughs) management director, like the only thing I haven't done has been a GM of a hotel yet. And I, it's because I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) it Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've done it all. And you know, the more well-rounded you get, the better you get, and the more jobs they expect you to do on the same pay rate. So we just got really tired of, you know, running an entire department on a salary of a manager, you know? It's Um, it's always funny how they, they're like, okay, let's do your yearly review. We're going to add this, this, and this to your plate, and we're going to bump your salary 1%. Happy? Uh, Let's move on, right? Or they're like, the Um, executive chef quit. Can you take over the kitchen? And you're like, till when? And they're like, until we get a new chef. And you're like, no. One year later. (laughs) Two years later, they finally find someone. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, There's there's nothing I maybe am uh, exude more outward passion about than when I have a friend come to me who's uh, been, you know, career bartender, and they're like, Hey, you know, one of my regulars is open a place. They're telling me they want to hire me as the GM. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be great. It's going to be real easy. You know, no, they, you lie. I'm like, no, dude, don't, <laughs> do it. don't do it, bro. You're like, how uh, much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. What are they paying you? Uh, uh, 30% less than you make as a bartender. That makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to work more hours. It's all good. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that is awesome. So do you guys... Do you work together now? Is it a consulting business that you both kind of run and operate? That's yep. awesome. I think that's incredible. Would you like to add any shameless plugs right here? Because we're always here to support our friends. Um, if if we can uh, at least support your consulting business in any way. Yeah. So our consulting business is called Lucky Elephant Solutions. Um, it started about seven and a half years ago. We started a wine distribution company. And about four years ago, we um, added on a consulting portion as well. And we've been working a lot more with that than the distribution company in the last few years. Just with the way that Tampa is growing, I mean, it needs it, you know? Yeah. You're always looking for people who know what they're doing. So we've been really, really blessed and grateful that we've had a lot of work since we quit working for hotels. So it's been fun. I saw, awesome. I saw some crazy number, uh, I think it was a week or two ago, with all of the population boom in Florida, that Tampa made up like 17% of the new uh, citizens flocking into Florida. That's an insane. It is insane. insane and it's stupid. We, I, 
I say that we have before COVID and Tom Brady and after COVID and Tom Brady, Tampa. You know, <laughs> okay. history-wise, let's put it this way. We got Tom Brady. We won Super Bowl. We got the Stanley Cup. We got to the finals on baseball. And they opened the state first and everyone. Come on, guys. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. And, and you guys are in a really cool, really exciting time. So um, uh, fascinated where you're going to take that brand. And, and hopefully this can be even a small ambassadorship of what you guys are doing and reach a, a few new clients for you. We'll see. Um, <laughs> all right. I got to do it. All right, I, a bartender's handshake in hand. It's time for the gauntlet. It's not a back slap in the face. I promise it is something that you have to get through. So I apologize if the questions have been nice up until now, but it's time to put the screws in here. <laughs> here we go. Are, are you ready? All right, here is the gauntlet. All right, Kim and Cha, question number one, pet peeves and misconceptions. Now, these can be your pet peeves about the service business or about customers, coworkers. They can also be misconceptions that people might have about the service industry. Pet peeve, pants for women. Okay. Pants. Do you know how freaking hard it is to find pants with pockets? <laughs> no one speak about this. I'm being serious. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, with I'm just. I'm not laughing. I, I just. It's. We've had so. We. This is episode 57. I think we have had so many different pet peeves. A lot of them have overlapped. Pants is a new one. Hey, and no, hey, I, what do I mean? I, I, have, I have never had an issue finding pants with pockets. No, so you're well. a dude. You're a man. I, I understand that. You're I understand that. So please edify us. <laughs> so A, I'm 5'7". B, I'm 130-something pounds. So I'm, I'm slim for my height. Finding a pair of pants that most hotels don't want you to wear denim. So finding a right. pair of pants that is not denim that are long enough and have four full pockets is like finding a needle in a haystack. I mean, it is the worst experience ever. It's actually encouraged me to try to partner with someone to create a line of clothing for female bartenders because it is impossible. You either find them too tight, too short, you know, no pockets, fake pockets, which why the fuck is that a thing? Yeah, that's that's a cruel thing. Yeah, I agree. Why does it look like I have a pocket, but they have no function? That doesn't make I've, sense to me. I've heard so many females uh, lament about pants pockets in general. So yeah. I was curious why you were relating this specifically to the service industry, but it makes sense. How many of us have worked in a service environment where we have a dress code? You yeah. have to wear X, Y, or Z. And I can imagine in the in the hotel world, that's a lot stricter than maybe at like a red lobster. Um, so, and I mean, if you're lucky enough to work at a place that provides you with a uniform, like if you work at a Four Seasons or, you know, a five-star hotel, a St. Regis, things like that, they have a whole uniform department, which is great. Good for them. But regular places, they don't provide you with that. They just expect you to go out and find, they may give you a shirt, but they expect you to go find your own pants. And it's, horrifying the amount of places that you have to go to. I mean, it's a whole day of shopping and most of us don't like to shop. Now, now Kim, I do. The world, are they looking for black pants? That's stupid. That's a waste of my time. 
Kim, I understand the environment that you're talking about is maybe a little bit more formal, but have you noticed the trend that hap- that has happened at most, I'd say, let's call it a neighborhood bar, dive bar, you know, your, your average kind of uh, uh, just, you know, neighborhood watering hole, right? Is the girls are all wearing fanny packs. Fanny packs oh. are back. They are not a thing of the 90s anymore. And it's because of the lack of pockets. Isn't when I, when I, when I go to work at Das, shout out Das, fuck you, Mike. Um, uh, every single female bartender we have has their particular fanny pack, whatever brand they like, color they like, their style. They got stickers, they got buttons, and that's where they keep all their shit because none of their leggings, bike shorts, jeans, canvas shorts, nothing allows them to have uh, you know space to put all your different serving gear, whether it's a, a wine key whether it's a server pad, pens, you know, your cash booklet, your receipts, you don't have that. So all the girls wear fanny packs. Now, how do you feel about the fanny pack as a solution to the lack of pockets in the female uh, service industry game? Listen, the fanny pack is great. We've also seen a big influx of the apron coming back, the full length apron, which is super nice. Um, But, you know, it's still, it, Fanny packs were big with bottle girls. They've always been big with bottle service girls because those girls are in like underwear and fishnets, mm-hmm. basically. Of right? Course, There's right? nowhere to put anything. Um, so seeing them come back on bartenders is really great. It's still, I wish there was, we've done a lot in five-star dining and, you know, high-end hotels and things like that. And it just, it's, it's an epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really is. I mean, I mean let's just get up. Let's get to the heart of it. Give us fucking pants with pockets. I, I mean, that's what we ask for. Or give us a Michelin three-star fanny pack. One of the two. I mean, that's where we're. Yeah, see, we're, see? we're talking business. <laughs> I think the fanny pack is, it can be a good compromise, but it's still not. It's I not appropriate for every environment. I'm, I'm with Well, even you. if it is, I wouldn't want to have to wear a fanny pack all around, I, around all the time. I couldn't imagine if I didn't have four pockets on me at all times. I, so, I, I want to thank I've, you I've both. Seen, I have seen this brought up online. Yeah. Like I said, it's never been something I've personally had to deal with. Uh, uh, but. I, I do think it's a disparity, but I think I think you were right, Kim. I think the opportunity is with the Lucky Elephant Pocket Solutions is the next the next. There we go, man. I can imagine that there are so many female listeners that that just you just resonated with them so much, and so that's why we got to have all these guests on because this is just a point of view that Steve and I cannot bring to the podcast. Mike, I was just going to thank them both for illuminating one of our blind spots because I know one particular uh, uh, fan of the show who lives in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, who's probably in her car right now going, yeah, motherfucker, yes, preach, ladies, preach the truth. So um, any, any other any other pet peeves and misconceptions before we move on to question two? Layouts. Oh my God. So, so in our consulting company, Kim worked more the numbers and stuff, and I work more. She's creating a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, now talking is going to be tiny. The layout. I'm like, I don't know how long it's going to take for engineers and restaurant owners and hotel to actually sit down with bartenders and say how a bar should be. Do we do in bars for minions that they're like two feet? high and you need to be in your <laughs> knees i'm like i i and i this is something that i always bring because i i have friends so recently that i saw a friend hey you you stop working in this place he's like cha i couldn't work in this place i couldn't reach the bar 
And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it was so uncomfortable that it wasn't worth in the effort physically that I was doing mm. in that place. And no one, no one talked about that. I'm like, they just put a square, uh, a hole in the middle, they put a bar and call it a day. And I think like pants, layouts of bars is something that we should be talking about all the time. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Proxemics is huge. How people move and interact and face each other, the nonverbal cues of social interaction. And a lot of that is set up by how you lay out your bar yeah. um, and, and how the bar is shaped and how you enter the room and you know, Barbara Sloan talked in the show a lot about lighting um, and how mm. that comes into, into into play. And so all these things are hugely important for not just the atmosphere, but for but for facilitating the social interaction of the guests and uh, the coworkers and the employees with the guests. So it's hugely and making, important. And making their work functional yes. where they can reach the bottles. I was going to say that's, <laughs> that seems to be the farthest thing down on the list. Is yeah. it functional for the actual bartender? Um, Chop. Child, you have an open invitation to come to Baltimore, as do you, Kim. Anytime you guys want to come here, I will show you this city, and I'm going to watch your mouth, your your jaws drop as I take you in to nine by nine after nine by nine. And by the way, that's a room that's nine feet wide and nine feet high that they have shoved a bar into, and no one can get past each other. the The space behind the bar is maybe like two feet wide, cooling to wall. That is just bar after bar after bar in this town. We're going to do that podcast. We're going to go and we're going to hit <laughs> Yes, I would love that. You can, yeah, you could just do your own podcast where you just walk in and critique all the bars. Oh, my God. Some, some, some gorilla critiques. Now, is this something with Lucky Elephant that you are brought in to do any consult? So you do you start all the way at that initial start of the bar. It's not we just do, the yeah. menu. Or we anything. Do. Yeah. So we've had we've been lucky enough to have a couple of projects where we come in pre-construction. Um, where we sit down with the architect and the contractor and we go through the blueprints and start talking about equipment and layout. And um, you'd be surprised how many contractors forget to leave space for trash cans behind bars. <laughs> it's pretty mind blowing. They'll put in 25 sinks and no trash can. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so why we need a trash can behind the bar? Uh, <laughs> they, they've asked you that yeah they they're do. like why do you need a wow. space for a trash they can do. we're like what i don't understand let's do the math guys there's 26 sinks how much yeah. trash do you think we're going to produce if we're yeah. making that many drinks right if we have that many people washing their hands i'm sure we're moving some volume right no their answer is like you're going to be putting everything out i'm like no <laughs> not when we're cooking not when no we're cooking. it doesn't work like that i got five deep here i don't have time to run to the dumpster I mean, right. I don't know how you do your job, but yeah. Um, so, so we some, come in for that part. We come in where they've already chosen their equipment and we walk the bar and we move it around. Um, you know, how we, about rehabs? How about, how about a bar that's just there right. ailing and you come in and kind of try to try to strip them down and Ooh, reset. Yep, give it to me. Yep. That's gotta up. be, that's gotta be the most fun one is to see oh the look on, on, on those, not even the owner, but the, you know, some Bartenders. bartender who's worked there for a while. Yeah. That's like, Thank you. Yeah. The front of the line staff is always, they're always oh. the most gracious. They're always yeah, the ones yeah. that are like, mm -hmm. they're not afraid to tell us what yeah. they need mm -hmm. because they've been saying it to management for so long. Oh, and, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we come in and we're like, what do you need? And they're like, store and pours. That's literally all we need is store and pours. And we're like, oh, that's yeah. easy. Here, we'll give you 30 of them. And they're like, thank you. We're like, we also gave you this, 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 and this. And they're like, oh my God. That's amazing. But something so simple like redesigning the layout where you're going to put your, your well and your, and your speed rack mm -hmm. 
So they don't need to be taking seven steps. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. come at the end when they do their first shift that they are just standing in one area without moving. They're like, I never move. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's the whole point. And they see how much they, they, they can produce even because mm-hmm. they're giving tools to people to do their work correctly. We're here. We're passionate about what we do as bartenders. Any bar, no matter how hard it is, nine feet apart from the wall, you know, yeah. like, we make it work. And that that's that's something that people should take in, a, in consideration. If we're making it work with the effort, give us a tool so it will be better. Yeah, I mean, I imagine. even an octopus needs a bottle in tentacles reach, right? You got eight arms, but you can't get to where you're going. You're not going to be. Yeah, right. Uh, I imagine that's probably one of the ways you usually approach your clients because you're not the bartenders aren't the people that are paying you for this. So I imagine the idea of it's like, look, this can actually make your bar more efficient and you can produce and sell more as exactly. uh, probably one of the good angles. So that's awesome. I think that's really cool. I love how you've taken your experience in the service industry and it's kind of crescendoed into like. A, a reformation of the of the industry. I think that's really Mike really cool. says experience. I say that your pet peeves are fueling your passion. <laughs> and I fucking dig it. So, question number two. Yeah. Is that bell working right? Is it I, louder? Okay. Please. <laughs> question number two. It is registering. I think you got a bunk bell, dude. No, I got a really good one. I think I need it closer to the microphone. We're gonna figure this out later. All right. Question number two. Uh, best and worst tips. Now. We always talk about these can obviously monetary tips, but they don't have to be, okay? They can be non-monetary. They could be something sentimental that a guest left with you, piece of advice, wisdom, um, or maybe, you know, just like a negative tip uh, that was uh, that left a, a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, I've always had very severe RBF, which for those of you that don't know what that means, it's resting bitch face. Um, and I have been told since I was behind a bar to smile more. Oh no. Yeah. You should smile more. Life's not that bad. And I'm like, get out of my well. (laughs) How about you leave my well? Um, so I literally have a a sticker from mover and shaker that says, don't tell me to smile. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I hate those people. (laughs) Don't tell me this. Don't tell me to smile. It's not necessary. I love it. I'm so, serving you a so drink. This, Why do I have to be happy about it? You know? <laughs> so this very this very easily could have been, oh, and there's an all drink. There's an all drink too. with the train Actually, coming through. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more all drinks with the recent purchase of Kansas City Southern. But we don't know. And anybody, anybody <laughs> that anybody that had you should smile more on your bingo card. You can check that off now because that is a fucking classic for this. I hate it. I hate it. I would never. And I love it, though, because you kind of spun this uh, into that's the tip that they were getting. Yeah, we usually right? get that yeah. as a pet peeve, but Mike's yeah. right. No, I love it. I love like, it. She, no, she saw this. She's like, I'm going to work some extra pet peeves in here. She's going to make it happen. Uh, now, I actually, given. <laughs> so is, is, it, is it the same for you, Cha? No, actually, I, I, got, I got a bad one. You know, first, I, I have all the time people telling me what language I'm speaking. You know, that's really fun. And second, the other one is, I don't know how many times people have told me, if this is your real job, mm-hmm. I'm like, I leave you $5. You, you, you should find a real job. I'm and like, that's, okay. That's one we mean? hear. 
That's one we hear all too often, and it is like a broken record, right? Because obviously, again, you guys have parlayed this into an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. career, and you are now taking your knowledge and your expertise, and you're turning that into power you can, where you can influence other bars and other people's careers. And I think that's great. Mm-hmm. There's somebody paying their rent because you made their bar a little bit busier, and they're mm-hmm. making a little bit more money, and I think that's really special. Now- now that I've said that nice thing, I'm going to say this. Neither of you just answered this question. And that's why <laughs> we start and we got to put the screws into you. Both of those answers were great pet peeves. I'm going to redirect this back to best and worst tips. I do want you to really think about either monetary tips or something that somebody has given to you. So I know we all have had our regulars that go on a trip and they bring back a souvenir. Or you know, Maybe they invite you to a special family event of theirs. So both great examples of pet peeves, but I really want you to try to hone in on best and worst tips for a second. All right. All right. I got one. So we worked at a uh, timeshare property and- What that meant was that we worked every single day of the year. We were never closed, even when it was 42 degrees and raining. um, And there was no one on the pool deck all day. And (laughs) I used to have... You got to book those dates. Those are your dates. You got to go. I mean, it is what it is. You work work a tiki bar. Like you watch TV all day and you get paid. It is what it is. Um, We used to have the same family every year. And I always volunteered to work on Thanksgiving and Christmas because I I don't have family here. So it didn't really make a difference. And I had a family every year that would cook for me on both of those days. And they would bring me a plate of food um, at my shift, which was pretty cool. So that counts as nice. Yeah, yep, and, that, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Something that just <laughs> made you. See that seems just like that counts as a tip. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> threw, she threw it back at me. No, but no, no, no. I, no, I because we, when right. we say best and worst tips, well, we don't just mean monetary. You know, I don't know. Honestly, people telling you, uh, telling you that you should smile more—that is technically a tip that they're trying to give you. So I know I, I, I had it totally written right. in the tip line on my check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Oh ready, so that is in the tip part. Yeah. No, no, yeah, and don't get me wrong. I think you both. Uh, I think you both within the parameters of the rules of the game <laughs> answered the question. But that's why I dug a little bit deeper because I think I think um, the. You know, when we first started doing the show, obviously we told like horror stories, right? When you got Mm -hmm. stiffed on a hundred dollar check on Christmas night, that kind of thing. Um, But what this this category, I think we've unearthed are these really sentimental moments um, where you are humanized by your patrons. And I think that's really special because we don't get that every day. We really Mm -hmm. don't. And so that that uh, uh, set of regulars that every year for Thanksgiving and Christmas took time out of their family holiday celebration to leave Mm -hmm. something with you, I think shows the humanity of this business, the community aspect of this third space in our lives, um, Mm -hmm. this hospitality space. And I, I love that. That's why I had to dig deeper for that answer, and that'll keep us moving to questions. Yeah, well, hold on, before, hold on, Mister Stopwatch. All right, just <laughs> you, just calm down. Uh, so he got this stopwatch to keep him on track, but what I've realized it is, is it just gives him all this space to talk, and then he's like, "We don't have any more time left." Did you actually freeze, or are you? No, I'm fine. I was just, oh, I, God, I actually <laughs> thought you froze. Got him. Don't fuck with me like that. My computer shut off in the last night's episode, so I couldn't tell. So really, really quick, we we've been trying to think like extra little content to do to promote the show. And I had this really sick idea of doing like a hidden camera thing where I go into different bars because I travel for work a lot. So go into different bars and then tell the bartenders that they should smile more. I'll and do get that. Their, and, 
<laughs> You're going to get punched. Don't do that. But, that, but see, that would be great content. If I got punched in the face for that, I mean, that's going to get, that's going to go viral. Like, I, I told him to do, I told him to do the same thing, but in a positive way, like yeah. go in, order a water and leave a hundred dollar bill and then see what the uh, reaction is. Boring. I don't care. <laughs> you about cheap that. bastard. I hate those videos where people are like, look at me videotaping myself doing something really nice. Fuck off. They Just do something nice. Don't yeah. videotape. That's me. right. Mike. 90% they finish in front in jail. You guys heard it here first. Mike hates charity. Okay. Question number <laughs> three. Not what I said. <laughs> Uh, question number three is going to be worst drink orders. Now I'm going to flip this one over to Mike. Mike, explain the nuance of this particular question. Yeah, this question question has also evolved a little bit. So initially it was just like the drinks that you hate to make or the drinks that you're like judging somebody when they order it kind of roll in their eyes like, why the fuck are you ordering that? But it's also evolved into like maybe the worst drink that another bartender has ever made for you. I <clears throat> Listen, guys, I don't want to sound uh judge you or anything but please do i, I, I can understand <laughs> people that come to me can i have a long island iced tea <laughs> why you, you don't you don't have faith i'm like do you do you want to do you're so miserable that you want to get so drunk so fast that you don't want to remember you have a mental problem right now that can <laughs> like, i i don't i don't i i understand for some people it's a beautiful cocktail but for me is 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 a disrespectful of alcohol. It's just chicken and bunch of beans in one cup for no reason, for the purpose only to get drunk. Because tell me another purpose beside that. Flavor wise, it doesn't give you a label. They love the taste. <laughs> no. What taste? <laughs> I know. Listen, well, I'm, 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 I'm I'm I, the reason I'm laughing is because we've had this lament, but I've never heard somebody describe it the way that you do. It's an insult to alcohol. Listen, guys, this is coming all the way from Puerto Rico to the U.S. I'm like, I remember Americans coming to me. I don't want to be judgy or anything. This is not discrimination. Again, please do. Please, ring on Puerto Rico, guys. Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. You know, all the surfers go over there and they will come. Do you know how to do a long island steep? And I'm like, in my poor English, yes, you want to get fucked up. <laughs> that was my answer all the time because that was the meaning. I never saw the beauty of it. Please, if anyone out there want to enlighten me in the beauty of uh, Long Island, apparently I do it really good. But no, no, I, I, I judge people for some reason. I'm like, mm. well. It's not just you and I. Both. It's not just the I drink. Both. It's the it's the stigma attached to the drink because it's like you said. It's not a, this good cocktail. It's it's a trash cocktail, and the whole idea is that you can't taste the liquor that you're pouring into it, and it's meant to just get you fucked up. That's why they have a version of that drink called a garbage can with Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, so I totally get that. Um, and oh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Go well, ahead. you know, on, on our show. On our show, and I know you guys have heard yes. some of the episodes. Thank you, Steve. That's right. Uh, one, of, one of the rules that we've developed, because we want this show to be kind of a roadmap for those that are not in the business, right? So that they can learn how to better maneuver it. One of our rules on the show is that there is one year of your life where you're allowed to drink Long Islands. And it's from your 21st birthday until your 22nd birthday. Mm -hmm. It is perfectly acceptable during that period of time. I will not judge you. I will make them for you happily. The day you turn 22, it's over, okay? It's over. Become an adult, find another drink. Now, my, re my rebuttal to you would be, all right, so people drink them because they say they want to get wasted. It's going to get me fucked up. 
give me an alternative and I want one from each of you. If you're going for a bender, you're like, we're going to really get after it. I got friends in town. We're partying. We're really having, we're, we're going for it tonight. What would be your drink in place of a Long Island that's like a zero to 60 drink, you know, zero to 100? Tequila. All right. Yes. <laughs> right Thank out you. the bottle. Yeah. Just drink, just drink shots of a liquor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do it right. right. Josh, Josh, same for you. Yeah, enjoy right, it. Tequila, you know, if, if depend your background. I'm like, I can suggest something else. I'm like, but you, if you're 42 and you tell me I want a top show Long Island. Oh God. Yeah, top shelf is a whole. That's a different level of. That's also a very what's specific. The, what's customer? the point of that? That's a very specific guy. So, I know that guy. I, and I his will, name I, is Tony. I know it is. <laughs> Tony. Tonito. No. It's fucking Tonito. Yes. Yeah, when I start speaking TV. Spanish and people, what's what's going on with her? I'm like, my feelings are coming out in a way they shouldn't be talking English. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. I, no, I do want to jump in really quick. Leo was watching the, the live stream. He just started working uh, at Disney Paris oh, and okay. as a bartender. Ooh. And he said on his first day, the he, he might have to correct me on this. The first drink that was ordered uh, from uh, from a guest to him was a Long Island. No. And it was like a middle-aged guy, but no. his whole fucking family and like extended family were there. And he'd probably been hauling them oh, all okay. over. It was but I was like, you know what? In that him? situation, I think I could get because you can't you can't be a forty something year old guy at Par- at Disney Paris slamming shots. You got to get a single cocktail, and I think that guy knew exactly what he was doing. And I, I could I could potentially guys yeah, for medication. That's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Chaz, absolutely right. Grow up, be an adult, take a fucking Xanax, and take your kids to Disney World. Like, like I don't know what we're fucking doing here, people. All right? Well, I can't be ripping shots. Go to the bathroom, crush it up on the back of the toilet. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm okay, not a terrible okay. tangent here. Yeah, that's a uh, bad look for Disney right it, it there. Is, it is. Um, Nothing against Disney, guys. All right, let's cut him. <laughs> I, think, I think that is a very, uh, very good representation of this question. But, Kim, I want to give you a chance. If you have any, uh, any additional worse drinks, like, is there a way a customer orders it or is there anything else when it comes to worst drinks somebody's made for you that uh that you you can think of um i mean in wisconsin pretty much anything that comes out of the cooler is going to be a, a no-go so rumpelman's you know goldschlager anything like that i'm i'm automatically judging you i'm, Why? Judging, you. I'm judging you. can i get a goldschlager and coke no no oh i'm gonna get something else what about just straight rumplements? You don't like rumple? No, man. Come on. We have a mojito. We we've, have. we've progressed. It's not 1994 anymore. We haven't. We, we haven't. That's bartender water. There's a lot of bars in Wisconsin that still do this. And I have to admit, sometimes when I'm home, I ponder the thought of going for a shot of rumplements. But we've progressed. There okay. are new things that you can drink. You know what? I'm going to take a long, hard look in the mirror tonight and I'm going to think about my decisions uh, for the weekend upcoming. All right. Question number four. Is that better? I think, I think I, that bell's broken. I don't dude. think it's broken. I'm going to figure out the bell. Anyway, question four. <laughs> it's, it's coming on. Maybe I need to record it. I don't know. We're going to figure we thought, out. The- we thought the physical bell would be fun for him yeah, to hit. I'm, I'm, kind of like with his ADHD, it would help remind Mike, him where he's I'm at. I'm going to figure out. The- Here, I think I got it. Ready? Question four. No, just it keeps like bouncing off the table. All right. Anyway, ultimate mistakes. 
It's designed to be pressed. You don't have to hit it. Oh, that's that is better. Oh my god! Ultimate okay, mistakes for and I was the up. day years old when I figured out how to use a don't, bell. All right, don't punch it. I didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, ultimate mistakes and fuck ups. Now these can be yours or your coworkers or, for example, Michael. Yeah, other uh, bartenders or servers that you've seen out in the wild somewhere. <laughs> She she look at me because I fuck up all the time. <laughs> we one thing, guys. <laughs> I don't know how to carry a tray. I don't know what it is. I my center of gravity is not good. Uh, anyone that know me, I can do why a hundred cocktails in an hour if you need me. But I cannot handle a tray. If you give me a tray, it's gonna go down. <laughs> attention the place and she look at me because she knows and i train to people how to serve wine everything i'm like you carry the tree like this i don't carry the tree <laughs> is it what just a matter of time is that what you're telling me <clears throat> i don't know what was it i never honestly i never serve in a certain way i went direct right. to, to 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 bar backing behind mm-hmm. the bar i never needed to carry the tray and I never needed it. And today I'm all in consulting. I don't know how to carry a tray. My name is Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. You've just, and you've just left that one. In, in the, it's, just, it's just a part of the. And the people brand. know. People like uh, owners that they hire us, they like Kim say, don't use better to carry a tray. Yeah. <laughs> I also love that is like that is kind of a part of your brand. So, you know, uh, I, I have a dream of maybe even over the next, you know, 20 years as your consulting business has taken off and, you know, you're bored one night, you, try, you decide to moonlight at your friend's bar and they're like, hey, Chuck, can you run this out to a table? Oh, no, no, I, I, I don't that's, do, I don't do trades. Everybody, I was know, everybody him, knows that about me. I was going to ask him if, if there's any chance that this is all just like, you know, the, oh, I'm not good at doing dishes kind of thing. Oh, no. Ah, oh, no. I see. No. It's a lot. Lo- she's playing the long play game. I <laughs> Crazy like a fox, Chuck. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I've seen it live. It's, it's not worth it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's not worth it. Can you tell us? I'll I'll physically take the tray out of her hand when she's bussing because I'm like, this is going to end bad. (laughs) That's great. I I carry the little ones with two hands like this. (laughs) And I go to places that I'm consulting and the team No, And she goes behind my back at this point and be like, guys, please, if you see Shire getting a tray, she really wants the best intention (laughs) of carrying everything. Uh, Get away from her right away. You're a good good teammate. You're a sweetheart. That's nice. It's bad. Cha, do you remember a particular instance where you dropped a tray and it was a real catastrophe? In a wedding, my friend. I, 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 I in a whole wedding <laughs> It was the first and last time she Different. ever carried the tray. <laughs> a, whole, a whole champagne tray, a glass in a wedding, and they expect me to take it. And I took it and then I like, put it down. I'm like, I can't. They're like, take, I was like, take it from me. Put it down. I'm like, brah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in your defense, in your defense, of all the trays to carry, a tray with a ton of of uh, uh, wine flutes, you know, champagne flutes, that might be the hardest because it's a 
it's stemware number one. It's a lot of stemware number two. Mm -hmm. And then number three, it doesn't have a great weight to it. At least like a wine glass or martini glass, there almost there's some gravity holding it down to the tray. But that little mm -hmm. skinny champagne flute, it just wants to fucking teeter, you know? Yeah. And um, let's talk about that every single tray, no matter where you go in this entire world, they have been used so much. They have like an oval. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Companies, <laughs> companies out there, please do a tray that you can put in the heat and it will not become like a cocoon, guys. Well, right. what they should do is they, they should just add pockets to it. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> now we have something here. This is very, very exciting. Almost like a chandelier with a tray with a drink platform. Right. Okay, we're talking after the, the podcast. That's really exciting. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's move to question number five. That was the best one yet. Health code violations. Now, this is very important. Before you answer this question, I need you to make sure that you are protecting the innocent. And the guilty. Especially the guilty. <laughs> Unless you want to drop some names. Our, our main thing is we just don't want, you know, we don't want to wind up in court. As well. <laughs> and lady doesn't have a memory. Remember, guys. And a bar <laughs> yes. either. Yes, yes. <laughs> You said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're going to make her say it for liability purposes. Is, and I'm, I'm an OCD bar clean person. I will come into a bar and clean it before I start working. Um, just because that's, just, that's just who I am. And ice machines and ice wells are the biggest one for me. Mm. I've worked in multiple places, even just, you know, popping in, doing a little pop-up or whatever, um, going in as a consultant and cleaned out or burned the ice well. And it is, it's pretty bad, especially in Florida. I mean, you get a lot of outdoor bars. So mm, yeah. those ice wells aren't cleaned as often as they probably should be. Not and the ice dramatic. machines too. It's but like yeah. an archaeological environment. You go and yeah. you find a couple of fossils and you go <laughs> and you're like, oh, I found them. A snake or an alligator. Yeah. It's, it's never good when, you, when you're burning the ice and you get down to that final layer and you're like, huh, why is that whole chunk of ice moving? Is that an amoeba? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. Is it on something's back? Like it is, yeah. uh, it is very disturbing. I, I think the thing that um, comes to mind though here is I, I think of, uh, I think unfortunately the cleanliness of the ice is a lot like multiple bartenders and serving staff are going in and out and in and out and in and out of that ice tub. Right. So it really necessitates being clean. Mm -hmm. You came up in the hotel business where like hundreds of guests on a floor will use one fucking ice machine. And I just can't even, I'm not going to ask you to, to even tell a specific story. I just want to see the look on your face about what you've seen. You know what I mean? The no, I want to ask. What's the worst? What's the worst thing you've ever found in a in an ice uh, ice? Yeah, like well awesome. Awesome. In, a, in a well, a dead lizard. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. I knew it. Really? I was kind of joking when I said snake or alligator, but I kind of no, figured yeah. it in Florida. In a well, a dead lizard. lizard. Yeah. In ice machines, per se, like in back of house ice machines. A lot of um, Sludge. I can only yeah, put no, it no, that no. way, sludge. Yeah, no. sludge and bandits. And that's where, you know, even as a, a bartender or a server, if I see that I'm calling the manager or whoever to be like, hey, I'm not using that ice until somebody cleans it. Yeah. Like, mm. we're burning that. We're cleaning it. I'm I'm the whistleblower, 100%. I'll, <laughs> I'll take all the, the credit and the fault. But 
I, I just, I can't because, you know, you, you grow up going through all of these trainings and all this stuff and talking about, you know, all the different food poisoning things that you can get. And the number one problem with food poisoning is hygiene, A. And the second one is ice. I mean, ice is edible. So if it's coming out of something that's not clean, obviously you're going to get sick. You're ingesting mold or other things. Like that's just gross. So that's why we stick to this when we go out because it comes from the cooler. <laughs> well, and that's and that's why when you made the comment a couple questions back about how when you go back to Wisconsin, you don't take anything out of the cooler. I was like, wait, what are they talking about? They like High Life and 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 Fernet and. Then you had to insult me when it came to Rumpelman. So <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't take it personally. Right, okay. right here in my heart, it hurt me. Um, okay. okay. No, that is an unbelievable way uh, to kind of uh, shut down the first half of the gauntlet. Do you have any more for health code violations before we move on to our halftime? Yeah. I don't know why people use their rag to sweep their sweat, their forehead, and then to polish right really fast. Oh, no, no, no. Sweat, baby, sweat. <laughs> can I can I ask a question? So this one is near and dear to my heart uh, uh, because, unfortunately, I am like the sweatiest human that's ever lived, okay? My ass Gross. sweats more than anything. I, I have to be very strategic that's... with the fabric of the shorts I buy because the little crease between my keep ass it, cheek and the top moving. of my thigh, yeah, really, I mean, it gets wet, it's wet details. down there. You know what I mean? Jesus. The point is... The point is, when I'm working, especially volume bar, hot in the summer, I'm working outside, maybe it is an outdoor bar, that rag that's on me is never used for service, ever. I'm being serious. And um, it is strictly there to constantly wipe the sweat off my face, off my neck, the top of my head. And um, (laughs) you're not grossed out by using the rag to wipe sweat off yourself. It's just then using it. Simultaneously, when you use that same cold. one. They use you clean your 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 wet ass, like you say. In a, in a, in <laughs> I don't a, clean my wet ass at work. I just <laughs> I let it go. I just let, live and let God. You know. What thank I'm you, thank you for putting our guests in a position where they have to talk about your wet ass. <laughs> it's okay. I'm happy. I can talk about that. We're good. I'm the one. Like you know who's embarrassed right now? Not me. Not me, buddy. You. Okay. No. Any rag of you might be embarrassed, but not you right now. No. No, not even a little bit. But it's no, like, you, you can sweat and you can dry yourself. But if you use a rag out of the blue to dry a glass that you're going to serve a person, I have seen that. I have witnessed that because I'm a sweaty person. And I, I, I do have a rag that I do clean myself because, like you, I sweat my ass off. But yeah. it's for myself. It's when you forget the health contamination. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've seen a cook sweat right onto a cutting board line, and it's right. like that never even happens, just extra, right? Just a little extra yeah. season. Yeah. It's, it's kind of <laughs> like Kim said. I think some of these OCDs that uh, even if you aren't, you know, uh, 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 diagnosed OCD, bartenders have their OCDs. And one of them that I have is I will show up to a bar early, maybe not to clean before we're about to do service, but I will set to up. To dry your sweaty ass? Is no, that no, say? I do that at home. And then I sit on an ice pack on my drive-in. No, but when I when I get there, one of the things that I always do is I make sure I set up uh, you know, a spray bottle, rag rags with fresh rags with that spray bottle and like a rag bucket with you know hot soapy water so that i make sure that there's never a situation where i reach for the rag that's on me or in my pocket or on my belt loop for something else there's always rags aplenty 
um, yeah. and service stations to where I can use those for service and and then that to uh, wipe wipe me down. You know, <laughs> I completely I completely understand your sweaty ass. I got you. you. I, I do the same thing. Thank you, thank you. Well, this concludes health code violations <laughs> for podcasters and service employees. Um, guys, what a wonderful first half of the gauntlet. We're going to take a quick little halftime break, and we are going to be back with you shortly. The Bartender Ramp Podcast is powered by CIC Powerbox, your all-in-one portable power solution for commercial and residential projects, roadside assistance, or personal recreation. Call us at 802-468-7697 or visit CICPowerBox.com. CIC Powerbox. Wherever you go, go with power. Okay, welcome back, Barflies. What a halftime it was. Guess what I did, guys? I didn't take a shit. I didn't smoke a dart, but... I unwrapped my tie-dye t-shirt I was working on today, and it came out great. I'm super excited. Can we see it? Well, it's in the wash right now. I put it in the wash during half You You can see it in an hour. Hopefully, by the end of the show, it's ready to rock. It's actually a pretty cool t-shirt. This uh, local strip club was doing a giveaway in front of Camden Yards (laughs) for an Orioles game, and it said, show me your O-face with like like an Orioles bird logo that was like coming. It's a great T-shirt. Oh it's just oh an God. absolutely fantastic T-shirt. So we need to go you, to Baltimore. We we we're yeah. visiting. We we yeah. know people. We know people. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You know people. You got a personal tour guide that is uh, he happy. He seriously. Yeah, we've got a. We've already had one one of the people that we've had on the show come and visit him in Baltimore, and then Regina's yeah, planning on being up there in coming September. Soon, yeah. so. Very excited. That could be like the second half of the podcast. We should just do like a, a whole video portion of you showing guests around town. I'm telling you, <laughs> I would. I would actually watch that. Yeah. I would enjoy that. I'm a lot. telling you, listen, I, I, I'm not going to act like I'm the, the most well-traveled guy, but I could be the Anthony Bourdain of Baltimore. I know all the little corners and hidden gems, and I am proud to show people my city because I love it. And I'm very protective of it. Are you, um, are you good at music? I can go get some, I can go get some strings right now. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to get down. Our uh, best friend is from there. She grew up in uh Severna park. Okay, yeah, she's um we would uh so Severna Park's closer to Annapolis, a little south of Baltimore, but those are like a true blue Marylanders because they grew up on the water, right? They grew up on the Severn River. Um she definitely grew up picking and eating crabs. She's a no, she's no, a, she put she, crapping everything. Yeah. Yeah, she's a real Balt uh, you know, real Marylander for sure. But um Shout right. out to our friends in Baltimore. We know what's, you what's, know who you are, guys. What's your name? Let's give her let's give her a shout out right now. Come on. What's her name? No, Ashley Niche, Trina, Shanti, our DTL, our people in Baltimore. We know who I you are. It. DTL, I love it. we got you. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating 30 years of uh, clubbing music in Baltimore right now as we speak the only question is what are kim and chow waiting for okay get your asses up here before we get in to the second half of the gauntlet we always have an important question that we like to ask our guests kim and chow ranch or blue cheese oh ranch all day, now ranch. Ranch. ranch all day baby do we not eat blue cheese at all nope well, she's, Never. she's allergic to dairy, so we try to stay away from it. Is there no dairy in ranch? <laughs> there, There is, but not as much as blue cheese. And uh, I, I avoid okay. it in every single yeah. sense, but if you need to put me blue cheese or ranch, sorry, the beer is kicking. 
It will be ranch, and I barely use it. I'm not a sauce for me is different, guys. I'm Latin. Sauce for me is is like tomato sauce and other sauce. Like mm. all ranch of that is a compliment yeah. for well, lack you- of seasoning. What did what did Alex well, that, say? I was just going like, to say this is a you this said is, this is a, he's like this is a this is a white people question is what he what he's trying <laughs> to be polite he's, he's, I mean I ranch. <laughs> no, he's he's from That's Puerto Rico too, ch- isn't he? Where Chow's from, they actually season food, yeah. right? They don't have to <laughs> slobber it in buckets of ranch. So, but <laughs> right. Kim, I'm sure your roots are deeper because you're from the Midwest, and I know that you would yeah. like a swimming pool or a bathtub of ranch to dive into head first. I have a feeling. I used to. Yeah, I used to eat ranch okay. on everything. Right. Ranch on pizza, ranch on fries. I mean, all of it. And now the only time I really eat it is when I get together with the family. Okay. You know, when I go home, enough. there's always ranch. So it's it's got some nostalgic yeah. roots for you. So I, th- I think we can let let your ranch only slide this time. We but. don't have any hate or resentment for ranch. We're both ranch eaters. We enjoy ranch. Our problem is, is we're trying to weed out the ranch onlys, right? The people that judge. The ranch elitists. The, the ranch elitists that judge blue cheese eaters. And so I have to ask you, how do you feel about blue cheese? Do you, boo-boo. <laughs> I works for me. Blue cheese, blue cheese came perfect to put in olive for martinis. All right. Mm, yes, I agree with you there. Hey, the four of us are copacetic. We're if good. We're gonna talk about cotto, about like condiments. I think blue cheese is a perfect compliment to all that people that love their daddy martini and that little creaminess mm. at the end. I give it to them. I'm like that is a perfect you know. dressing, though. But no, blue cheese, blue <laughs> cheese, blue cheese. In that sense. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I'll take it. At least you guys are not ranch elitists that judge blue cheese eaters. (laughs) So moving on, let's talk question number six. Ratchet and crazy customers. Now, these can be the customers who are wiling out, behaving badly. We all know that ratchet customer that causes a scene. But it can be much more than that. It can also be the type of customer that leaves something with you, an impact maybe. Mike, kind of elaborate how it can be uh, more than just a ratchet customer. Yeah, I mean, just also a memorable customer. Sometimes we always like to say these are the people that you're never going to forget about. Some of them you want to and you can't. (laughs) But then some of them, you know, are people that you're never going to forget that just uh, like like Steve said, made an impact and kind of had a special a, a special place in your heart when you think back back on them. Though we do love the ratchet and crazy customers too. Yeah, I mean, we have so we've got a little bit of a, a interesting connections. We met um, in a bar. I hired her as a bartender, and we worked in the same bar for a good the better part of a year, and we had um, the same answer to this question for our best guest, our, our best client ever. Um, and his name was Greg. He came, this was at the timeshare property. Uh, he came for six weeks to the U S and then went home to England for six weeks British. and came back and forth all year. And he by far was <laughs> our absolute best guest ever. Yeah. I mean, he had a big part in us dating he had a big part in keeping our secret because we worked in the same place and we couldn't be dating each other. And it sounded like mm-hmm. you might have been in management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she hired me. <laughs> but I it was a loose term. It was a very loose term. 
Oh, it always is, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> she left for a year. She came yeah. back. She left, so I started dating. When she came back, we were already dating. It was a horrible fall. So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> love yeah, had blossomed at that point. You can't, yeah. and you can't deny love. You yeah, can't. and he was just a great, a great guy. You know, our whole crew. It was all girl bar for a long time. Yeah. We had one guy, and he was our pool boy. He would serve the pool back. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yep. And, um, you know, he was just a good guy. We still talk to him. We invited him to our wedding. Um, he's been around for birth of uh, our friend's kids who work there as well. Like, he's just, he's a really good guy. And um, we miss him dearly. And, and we love him so much. It's but. one of the people that saw you and me like, you, you deserve bigger. And you're like, okay, you want me to change industry? I'm like, no, you, you need to stay in this industry, but you can make an impact. You can... You can become mm. a business owner. And, and if you can think like that, you will do it. And you guys will get together and we'll make it happen. It's that type of people that in a million people that you met every single day, they take the time and they, they put something different in your head. And they see mm. something more than mm. just a bartender in, in a timeshare that he spent a couple of months telling the stories and serving piña coladas, you know, like he's so a potential. And I think when you find a guest like that, uh, it, it marked your life. Uh, it, he was a really big impact till today. We, we're still asking what is his true story because he was like yeah. a mysterious man, but he gave that amazing Whoa. advice. Yeah. He told us all he had a different career. Yeah. So we would all get together and be like, what does Greg do? <laughs> what? That is awesome. And one I of love us, this guy. One of us knew that he was a surgeon. The yeah. other one knew that he was in aviation. Another one knew that he was a business owner. And we all be like, is he on? Wait, what? Yeah. He never said is he on LinkedIn? Yeah. He, what is he? Is this count? <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn. That people that have. And another, another amazing human being, honestly, Mr. 50 Cent and his crew. Yeah. I'm going to say. Wait, 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 wait. The rapper 50 Cent? Yeah, the rapper 50 Cent. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. 50 Cent and each one of his crew members. Yeah. Everyone from his lawyer. When I talk to you, his crew members, the people that work with him every single day, yeah. uh, like Chanel, if you ever see this, we love you, Star, all his entire entourage. I, yeah, we, they're good dudes. We have never met a group of people that have been so respectful toward women when you're working with them. And people don't spend that from rappers, especially yeah. from them. Come on, yeah. shorty. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my friend, I'm like, and 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 the way they they embrace it, that guy is it's a true honest businessman, and they're gentlemen. Yeah, like the advice that he gives you is 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 amazing. Yeah, I I think in the positive side, we we have guests that have impact us, and I I really need to talk about things that happen in the industry that we never talk about when you meet a guest and something happened in a hotel. Or, or, or in a club or, or, you know, a guest pass away. You know, I know you guys have been really hard into mental awareness. And I, I really think we should talk about when you meet a, a guest and something happened that you see that guest pass away in front of you. I got that, that I live. I think this is the first time that I ever going to mention about it because in this industry, we have amazing time and we, we give ourselves to just give a moment of beauty. And when you have a guest that you talk to them a couple of minutes before and then they just decide to take a, their life away and, and in front of you and you see it and all your staff see it in a place, 
I think that mark your life also in, in a certain way. We don't talk about mental uh, health that much, and we don't talk about the stressing situations that we have as a guest, because we always talk about the amazing and the drunk person. We don't talk about the dark side of it. And it's this industry we know, and I know people listening, they have met someone in the industry that sit down in front of the bar and they find out a couple of days later that they just died. You know, they did something wrong. And as a bartender, we don't know how much impact we have with our words, with our actions, and how much we can mark. You know, and I think as as a bartender, my goal after that, meeting amazing people and having amazing moments like that, and also sad moments, I think the education of like that last word that you give as a bartender is really important. We should we should take consideration on that and also as a bartender, all the energy and all that the state we us because we're psychologists, man. We we see the good and the bad in the industry. So mm-hmm. that's something that I wanted to address. I don't want to make a sap, guys. No, I, I, no hold on. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because it mm-hmm. is something we've never once talked about on the show. We talk mm-hmm. you're right. We talk a lot about mental health and a lot of our focus is geared toward our fellow service industry uh, co-workers, you know, the other people dealing with what we're dealing with. But one of the things we definitely have not talked enough about is identifying the guests that's struggling, that regular viewers, or maybe somebody you don't even like that comes in a lot, that you see them really, um, really getting into like a dangerous place, right? And really going into a dark, dark place with, whether that's drinking or whether that's avoiding things or whether um, that's like checking out of their life. I appreciate you bringing that up because this is another one of our blind spots. I think we need to talk about more. We don't understand the power of that relationship. Yeah. Even if it, you know, they might look at us as somebody that escaped there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, And I noticed that, you know, this happened before COVID after COVID, I notice how people gravitate to look for their bartenders and to have a conversation because mm-hmm. we never speak about that. I'm like, we're basically a mental health provider in this in this work. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a problem, you go to a bartender, you sit down after two shots, you spread your life. And I never mm-hmm. saw it like that. You know, I always think there's a reason what things happen in life. And and me personally seeing that life and, and, and my team, because at that moment I was in charge of a team, you know, me recognizing and teaching people that you have that power, that you need to sometimes to take a moment and to listen to that client, even if it's annoying, even if it's drunk, you never know. You know, and mm-hmm. as a consultant today, I, I always tell people, look at your environment, read mm-hmm. your people. We know more than people than, than any psychologist. We're all the time in front of them. And, you know, we should take consideration on that is not only taking care of them of like, oh, you're drinking too much. It's like you see signs that sometimes you can correct, you can you can say a good word. And I am glad that you guys always hit, have this platform and you always have mental health. And I think it would be great if you keep advocating the way you are, because definitely is something out there. Definitely. that I know I'm not the only one that have been in the scene that has seen something like that. We can do Tales of the Crip one day. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> definitely mental health for us in the industry and our guests is really important. We are a key and people don't see us like that, but we can be a really big impact out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you adding that nuance. And, I love um, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cheers. Salud. Salud.
You see, they're talking Spanish already. Mm. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> my, listen, my kitchen Spanish has been on point for quite some time, but it doesn't get me very far when I actually need to speak the language, right? Um, those four years of French in high school didn't do shit for me. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, keep it rocking and rolling. Let's move on to question number seven. See, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about the uh, the stopwatch. I know the episodes run a little bit long, but, I, you know, I think we unpacked a lot of important stuff there. Um, I really appreciate that. I, and also, I, I really I think it's so cool that both of you have seen so many different sides of the industry that you're able to, with your consulting company, give. It, it's just something where it's not just like this is your drink menu. And this it's like you guys can really do a deep dive into a bar and all the, the different facets of not just the equipment and the layout and the menus and stuff, but the workers and the mentality that people need to have to be in this business. I think that's really, really cool. I also wanted to talk more about 50 Cent, for God's sake. Where the hell did you? Where, where, did, where did fit? Where did, where did question you, number six? A, a we're rewinding. <laughs> Back me up. Back me up. Question number six. Mike's right. We didn't talk enough about 50 Cent. We also, we also, frankly, didn't talk enough about fighter pilot Dr. Greg, okay? Greg, yeah. Uh, okay? yeah. That guy sounds insane. I have a few more questions about his performance art. I'm glad you backed us up. I, I didn't know if we were moving on or not. It was just seemed like a nice I appreciate Michael. trying to keep Steam, the episodes a little bit tighter, Mike, but just, sometimes when you— Mike, she hit us with this perfect sentimental ending. It just it was a nice button. Oh, no, it was thought, perfect. No, no, I, I thought I she really spoke eloquently about the topic, and I said, you know what? Let's transition to the next thing. But it's yeah, my, okay. Yeah, my, Mike, my, brain, ask, my brain's like, you can find me in the club. <laughs> Mike, ask yeah, your 50-cent questions right. because, I look, I have – Yeah, you don't have to go into it. I was just kind of curious, like, kind of how uh, – what kind what of – What was the context? Can we at least get exactly. that? Because what I would love to understand was, yeah. where 50 Cent and you guys cross paths because it if he's coming to timeshare – if he's coming to a timeshare, I'm, I've, I have no, a follow-up. No, 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 no. So we got a consulting gig to open a um, autograph collection hotel in um, in Tampa, the which was pretty hotel. cool. The current hotel. That is okay. awesome. And uh, you know, we went through as consultants, and then four months later, COVID happened. Everybody got laid off. We reopened uh, Memorial Day weekend of 2020, and. We both went on as employees at that point. So part of our consulting is we do 60 day, 90 day, 120 day check-ins. We obviously cool. didn't get that chance. So we decided to go back in and help them reopen and kind of restart our contract. And um, Super Bowl we, yeah, we ended up with, you yeah, know, okay. a great employment with them and a great partnership with them. And Cha became the bar lead. I became the um, beverage director. I don't even really know what my title was there, but I was, we just, need everything. I was just running shit. I don't know. <laughs> and um, Super Bowl came around and Tom we Brandy. got we got a bid for um, 50 cents uh, Super Bowl watch party. Ah, so that's when the Super cool. Bowl happened in Tampa, obviously celebrities flock to that city, right? They Makes all do like concerts and pop up gigs and whatever they want to be part of that. So 50 was coming in to do a concert. Um, we won the bid for his hotel for his crew and him and all of that. And um, he wanted to throw a private watch party on Super Bowl Sunday. So in our rooftop bar. So we had to plan all of these things and, you know, get our team ready. And the way we met him actually was the day he checked in, he came up before we opened. He wanted to see what we were going to offer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see the space. He wanted to see kind of what, 
we, what he was working with. And he's a workaholic, by the way. Yeah. He oversees everything. I mean, come on. Well, you got to be, right? You got to be. true story of Mr. 50 Cent. He's a total businessman. Yeah, like, he's a hustler. He yep. came up. We met him in passing. You know, he said hello to us and whatever. And his crew, he's got a, he's about 10 deep on his crew. So he's got his drivers, his security, his lawyer, his PR, you know, all of these people with him. Um, all amazing. Very nice. Very cordial. And he went outside and took a few phone calls while his crew was kind of asking us what kind of drinks we could make, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so we made them a bunch of cocktails and we one, of them, no one of them took them outside to, to give them to him. And he came back in and was on his call and was like, hold on, give me one second. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> this is amazing. By the way, he barely drink. He's a man really healthy. He just, he don't drink. Yeah. That's it. So Disciplined. I think yeah. there has to be if you're going to grow lot. an empire, right? A lot. A so lot. the whole weekend happens. Um, he threw his watch party. It was incredible. He had such a blast. You know, we sold it out. It was a whole thing. And then a few weeks later, um, we connected really well with, one of his representatives for his brand of cognac. And um, a few weeks later, he came into the hotel and was like, hey, you know, we're going to the bar and nightclub show in Vegas in a few weeks. I would love for you guys to come with us and represent the brand. And we were like, cool. What? What? <laughs> huh? Dude, we just took our tenders. Yeah. So they come. <laughs> we go to the bar and nightclub show. You know, we represent the brand. We work the booth. We did the whole thing. And then we ended, up, walking. we ended up staying a few extra days <laughs> because they wanted to pitch the brand to the hotel that we were staying in for them to pick it up. And they wanted our wow. help to do that. So awesome. we've worked with them quite a bit, you know, in different aspects. And we continue to work with the brand. And, you know, it's just a really good group to be a part of because they're they're super welcoming. Like, they keep in touch with you and being like, hey, you know, how you doing? Are you guys okay? Like, would you guys be able to send me this? Would you be able to send me a photo? You know, you we really like want to, yeah, we really want to offer like some kind of cocktail with like mint and this. And you're like, all right, cool. So we just send them a cocktail and send them a little video. And it's just fun. It's been a really cool collab that we've done. And, and we, That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I think when you grew up seeing Mr. 50 Cent and, and his entire career, you see this rap. Uh, I also love how you call I him I love Mr. that you call him Mr. 50 Cent. <laughs> 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 Curtis, we actually call him Unk because we yeah. want to say 50 in public. So we call him Unk. I I'm like, no, but his entire crew, like, is you you have this perception sometimes of people that are famous, you know, and mm-hmm. and we work with him, we work with other people also, and and when you deal with them, you see the quality of human being, like they they, I think they push you to become better. I not everyone from their crew when we communicate yeah. with them or do anything, they just encourage you to be better so i i love when people come to your life like that i love to hear the stories of the celebrities that are not what you think they are we've had so many celebrities come through here that are especially uh um uh why can't i think of his name i want to say christian bale but it's not who's the famous actor from vegas who was blacked out oh nicholas cage my brain just blacked out there um, Nicholas Cage. He was exactly, exactly what you on brand. What you think of Nicholas Cage? <laughs> but I love to hear that um, Fifty Cent uh, 
has such discipline and professionalism and a standard it it does inspire in a different way and makes me love 50 cent even yeah. the, the first uh the first song on the playlist for my episode is into club by 50 cent I love it. uh so i love that and I'm, I'm, i understand what you're saying but it's a story that you like you don't want to tell all the time because just out, I'm, I'm assuming out of respect for him and his crew and not wanting to flaunt that but i also feel like it was easy to tell the story because of what gentlemen they are and what uh, professional business in that great are, so. they treated you so well you can yeah. talk with glowing review about them you know exactly. I think yeah. and it's nice when you meet a celebrity like i've always been a fan right so i met him and i would you know you try not to fangirl and you try not mm-hmm. to like we still we worked with him for three years and we still don't have a photo with him no. just because we, yeah. we don't you know and <laughs> yeah. it's so cool respect. when he puts his phone away and he actually looks you in the eye and shakes your hand and makes jokes with you and like grabs your shoulder and shit like that like like, oh, you're a human. Okay. You're just a real guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's that's really uh, for me. And I, I just like that. Mike and I. Me, do you, do Mr. You re- 50 Cent, Mike and me. You know, just, just real <laughs> Now he's going to be like, Chad told me Mr. 50 Cent. Yo, 50, my bad, man. All right, Steve, I know you want to keep going. No, no, no. Uh, but I do want Let's to ask, all vote do you, on do you, it. Do you, do you remember uh, what drink it was that caught him off guard and had him yeah, great you know, question. stop his Say phone no call? bad juju. Yeah. It's actually, we did that cocktail with his cognac. He, By the way, his cognac is amazing. To yeah. all bartenders what's, out what's there. The no, no, yeah. Like we have. Over here, let's 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 do this. This moment is sponsored by Branson. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no. What's it called? Br- Branson? Branson, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. The cool part of him is like he had different levels of cognac. So as a mythologist, you can, you sometimes cognac can be really hard to do in a cocktail, you know, and he give you different levels. So you can play around with that. And honestly, his product is amazing. He took the time to do it, uh, go to the winery and everything. Like he legit took his time. Yeah. And he, he talked just... about it with a lot of pra- passion. He didn't just slap awesome. his name on something that was already done. He actually went and formulated it himself, which we find very respectful. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for a celebrity brand owner. That mm-hmm. is pretty cool. So, but especially, it's awesome. So you have an idea. Kim came yeah. up with this cocktail by mistake. So I'm gonna let her. And you called it no bad juju, right? No, no bad, bad juju. juju. Yeah. Okay. So we had a friend in the industry that was like, "Yo, I really want to do something with sage. I want to do a cocktail with sage." And this was, oh my god, like ten years ago. And I was like, all right, let's let's figure it out. Like, what do you want to do with Sage? And I was at my hotel bar one day and I'm like, you know, kind of creating some cognac kind of cocktail that was like Negroni style. So one, one, one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I threw cognac. I meant to grab. Um, what I mean to grab? I meant to grab something, but I grabbed sweet vermouth instead. And I did. Campari. You were meant to. Grab. Yeah, I meant to grab Campari, grab sweet vermouth instead. So I did cognac, sweet vermouth, and uh, orange like orange curacao, mm. and just stirred it, just like a Negroni, and served it in a snifter. But I smoked the snifter with sage. Okay. And put it out and tried it and was like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to taste like, but this is delicious. So that cocktail kind of carried us through the opening of this rooftop bar. And then we ended up using Branson Cognac for this cocktail. And 
That's awesome. Just, yeah. And the name is the name is so obvious, right? Yeah, you go on stage to get the demons out, so it's right. no bad juju, right? Well, it's <laughs> Tampa, guys. And, and and this is a part that you need to understand. We we're based in Tampa and the folklore of Tampa is really mixed. This is an old yeah. city new vibe. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. the Cubans, we have the Spanish, we have Italians. the Italians. We have everyone, their mother over here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when you're creating uh, a kato for this town, you need to have that empathy on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Noba Juju came out from all that mixed religious thing that you drive around, you see virgins and botanicas and all that. And we wanted to bring good energy. And I think well, that- also it was a brand new hotel. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah. you got You're not going to crack a champagne yeah. bottle on the front door, but you do yeah. need to burn a little bit of sage. Burning sage in a brand new hotel is always a good idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you you did. Yeah, you did tell us on the break that Cha is a witch. So I that am. Does make I sense. am. So, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? Are you a, are you a good witch? I'm a good one. I'm one of the people that you sit in the bar and you start talking. I'm like, let me tell you something. <laughs> Things are good. Things are good. Don't worry. I'm like, drink this. You're going to be good. And people, oh, I feel really better. I'm like, you're going to see tomorrow. All right, that was awesome. Thank you so much for those. Were great. I'm I'm glad we didn't even have any ratchet customers. Go for it, Steve. All right, question number seven. There it is. Fights, arrests, and fires. Now, I know we've lost Kim for the moment. That's yeah. okay. We'll bring her back in. I'm sure she's getting a high life. Good for her. <laughs> um, this is one of my favorite categories because. I have this weird thing in my brain when shit pops off, I get very calm and it it all makes sense to me and I get really focused. But I want to hear the stories about when you've been in service in some type of service environment and shit has popped off. The cops have come. A fight has broken out. There's a fire in the kitchen. What are people made of? How do they react? What happens in those moments? Okay, guys. And this is a good one. Oh, he fucking good struck gold. Listen, I can already I'm from tell. Puerto Rico, and I am from the <laughs> west side. And um, back in time, I'm I'm over forty, you know. So I've been around for a while, and um, I will never forget this time that I was in Isabela Hobos Aguadilla, sadly, and I was working in this bar that. I knew the owner had risky business, but like I was just a bartender, you know, I clock in, I clock out. Uh, So that night was popping. It was in the beach, front of the water. You should imagine Puerto Rico party back in the time. Um, And out of the blue, I had the feds coming, running to the bar and doing like a, like a, how they call it? Like when like a a raid, a raid. Yeah. The feds. You said the. I'm sorry. You said the, the FBI, feds. The FBI. <laughs> the <laughs> FBI. And I see people running through the beach. Out. Yeah. This isn't always Isabella. Yeah. And they they got the place. I just put my hands up. I'm like, what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good move. I'm like, hands up. Just a bartender. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just a. Bartender. Charles like this. 
Do you know how many times? Yeah, right. Just taking a little drink. You know how many times to an unruly customer, I put my hands up and I go, I'm just the bartender, man. I just make the drinks down here. Little did I know I've been practicing for the FBI all these years. You're good, man. You're ready. And they, they, (laughs) I swear, they came, they check all of us. They're like, what you do? I'm like, I'm just a bartender. And they just put us on the sign that I, okay, you're more than welcome to leave. Next thing I know, then I'm saying they were digging sand out of that beach in front of that bar and they were digging uh, oil uh, containers full of money. What? Oh what? Like, like you're talking about oil drums, like a big fat yes, fucking steel yes, drum? Yes, yes, Get yes. Get the fuck yes. out of here. Yes, whoever <laughs> is Puerto Rican or anyone that knows Hobos Isabela back in, the, in, in 2000, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. So what was it? Was it a front for laundering money? Oh, he was a big drug dealer. Oh, my God. Yeah, my boss was a big drug dealer. Great boss. (laughs) (laughs) Same raisins regularly. Hey, listen. Every human being has many facets. That's the thing. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm trying to take in all the information. We've had police on the show, but we have not had the federales, you know? (laughs) (laughs) This is a fucking... Listen, and in the airport happened again, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wait, what? Come on, don't tease me now. Maybe we got to bring you back for a Boilermaker for that other one. Yes, that's another story. I got a a couple follow up questions. All right. So, first follow up question is What was the name of the bar? Can you tell us the name of the bar? Okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, no, no, no. There's It was Sunset Bitch. Sunset Bitch. Salsa, salsa bitch. Sunset. Salsa bitch. Sunset. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to lie. Salsa bitch a, is a good a great <laughs> name for a restaurant. That, that, yeah, sunset. that's a Mexican place sunset I would bitch. definitely try out. No, no, it was it's Sunset Beach uh, is in Isabela, Puerto Rico. It doesn't exist anymore. It was okay. Happy Valley, Sunset Beach, and uh, another little place that we eat, like the place that we have brunch. Now, she went and actually had brunch with me over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question two. Question two is how busy were you when they raided the joint? She said it was popping well, up. It was packed. It was a packed. Saturday night. I'm telling packed. you, that place easily, easily, that place, it will between the beach and the people inside, more than 400 people, 500 people. Get the fuck why, out. I of wonder here. why they would try and raid it at a time because it just seems dangerous Probably because they think logistically what are they going to do there's so yeah, many people there they're yeah. wrapped up in service Catch how could they be now. doing anything else right i'm just a bartender <laughs> i'm just a bartender <laughs> see now that's a good t-shirt right there because there's a little bit more um, meaning yeah, to it it's got to have pockets too put some pockets <laughs> on there, <laughs> son of a bitch a 17 <laughs> pocket shirt absolutely yeah. um, my, my god that's quite incredible. as crazy but I, I do have a, a little bit of a crazy story um, it doesn't have anything to do with the feds but uh, I worked at a, a very high-end golf resort that does still exist, so I can't mention the name, but Mm -hmm. um, a lot of millionaires came out this way, and I had probably my fourth day of work as the director of beverage at this place. I ended up having to stay late, so I was there until about, I was scheduled until about 2.30 in the morning on a regular day, and I was there, I was supposed to be there until 4, waiting for the MOD, and uh, 
I got a call from the other side of the property that there was a bus heading my way, like a passenger van with a bunch of guys in it that got way too drunk at the clubhouse. That's fun. And yeah. And mind you, these are millionaires. I mean, these rooms are, you know, entitled motherfuckers. Yeah. $700 a night. You're in the middle of nowhere. Um, a one round of golf costs about half my salary. Oh my God. Um, and I get this call, you know, these guys are showing up, blah, blah, blah. We have a little issue on the bus. And I'm like, all right, these guys are probably arguing. They're, they're drunk, you know, just got to get a couple of my engineers together and get them to their rooms. Cause I'm small. I'm a, I'm a girl. I'm small. I'm technically MOD for this giant golf resort right now, but I'm little, I'm going to call my backup. And the bus pulls up, the door opens and a bottle of Jameson flies out. What the fuck? Empty or full? Full. Oh, oh my fuck. God. Oh, here we like, go. Okay. So a couple of guys stumble off the bus. One of the guys picks up the bottle of Jameson by the neck. Another guy stumbles off the bus and the guy takes it and cracks it over his head. Holy shit. On the pavement, in the port of cashier, like in the valet area. Yeah, right. People right. Are manners. Very, very. <laughs> These were like VIP guests staying in the suites on the top floor, the whole shit, right? It was a, just a like guy's weekend. There were probably like 20 of them. Mr. 50 Cent would did they never. Did they know each other? Never. He would never. They would never be caught dead with a bottle of Jameson. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with cognac. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they all knew each other. They were all friends. And apparently they got into some kind of fight at the clubhouse. And they put them all on the same bus, which is like baffling to me that they put them. Yeah. They let them all get on the bus while they were fighting. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's yeah, 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 number one right there. Yeah. You're like, who's on the other end of this? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got off the bus. One of them cracked the head of the other guy. The other guy went to the ground. He has a huge, like, four inch gash in his head. He's bleeding yeah. out on my concrete. And I looked at my security officer and I was like, so it's my fourth day. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do at this point? And he was like, oh, I already called the police. And I was like, okay, good, good, good. Good to know. So I was there. I know I showed up that day about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I think I left at about 530 in the morning. God, what a day. What a fucking Jesus. day, man. Yeah. And it was about an hour and 45 minute drive home for me. So Jesus Christ. It was a, uh, yeah, it was a day. It was People want to land the helicopter with a host. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was another, another people, story. People <laughs> wonder why uh, uh, those of us who work hospitality are ornery at times, okay? Yeah. I, I've been up for 15 hours working, yeah. and now i got to drive an hour and a half home. Yeah, um, yeah after filling out police reports and everything I else. really do have, I, I, you know, <laughs> what I'm mostly curious, okay, and one, um, i got two important follow-ups here. Number one, what do you think really started the fight? Do you have any guesses? Do you have any ideas? Because I have one guess. What's your guess? My guess is they were playing poker at the clubhouse and somebody bet like a night with his wife on the hand, right? <laughs> and he lost. And then he was like, and then his buddy's like, I'm cashing that in. I'm cashing that in, Bill. Right? It was something like that. It's pretty close. You um, actually know? One, the, the story that I heard from the bartender that was serving them, who ended up stopped serving them an hour before they got on the bus, they ended up going behind the bar and stealing that bottle of Jameson. Nice. Oh. Um, Good move. The story that I heard from her was one of them criticized the other one's swing. 
I knew it was something golf related. I knew it. He told him he swung like his his wife's boyfriend or some bullshit. Like Like, almost a literal (laughs) pissing contest. Yeah. Yeah. That ended in somebody having a gash from a Jameson bottle and the cops golf. Like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that. It Man, was, right, it was something like that. That you're like, what? really? Yeah, it's not worth getting bashed over the head with a bottle of Jameson for guys. And how question does it number escalate th- that far is yeah. my question. Know. Question number two is, you know, we usually ask our guests because this is theater of the mind to describe to our listeners what these people look like. Now, I'm not going to ask you to do that in great detail because you've already set the scene. It's this golf resort. Yep. It's these $1,000 rounds. I mean, it's crazy, right? So we all have an idea in our head of the ultra rich and who these guys kind of were, right? But what I want you to do is give me an age range for these individuals Mm. because it's very different if they're 30, if they're 40, if they're 65 and cracking Mm. a bottle of Jameson over someone's head. Retired. No. No. Well, that makes more sense. Golf is life. Okay. Yeah. At that point, that's all. That's your religion. I mean, you know maybe I mean? freshly You're retired. insulting my God. Okay. And and I'm going to, I'm going to end you. That's tonight. the only pride that they had. Maybe. Swing. Oh my God. It might be freshly retired. Like it might be new, but it's, it's retired. Yep. Well, that ruins that's my incredible. theory about somebody betting their wife in a poker game because every one of those yeah. motherfuckers is on their third or fourth marriage. They don't have that. <laughs> There's no fire there anymore. You know what I mean? So, yeah. my God, I, I, you really, like, straight retired. Like, obviously, they're oh, yeah. gray-haired out, right? Gray hair. I mean, they, the guys that came to this club, they're, they're ripped. Like, they're yeah, good. They're yeah, good hair plugs, dye jobs. They go to right. Turkey every year and they get like, you know, yeah, fucking blood transfusions. All, yeah, all that they're all in loafers for sure. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> every single Gucci Chanel. <laughs> man, <laughs> I got a man purse. You know, there's, there's, oh, they're all nice. kind of guys. <laughs> very nice. I got to say, I've always been, uh, um, I've always been so impressed by resort workers, man. Yeah. That is a that is a particular. You know, I've told you that I I've heard horror, horror stories from the hotel business. I have some friends that work at very boutique hotels and higher end, you know, very richy rich tourist areas. And the stories that they tell is, man, it is crafted to cater to the ultra rich. So you could there, you think you're disenfranchised working at a local bar. You're not even close no, <laughs> to no. what that service employee puts up with on a daily basis. So it is amazing what money could do. It is oh, amazing yeah. what people spend their money on. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I, no. I I love the idea of of being like monetarily successful, but I hope I'm never rich enough to disrespect a full bottle of Jameson like that. Right. Just, like, when you start fucking around with alcohol, that's where your manners go to shit. And your mom will go mad, man. It's like Ja said with the Long Island iced tea. Don't disrespect my alcohol. Okay? <laughs> I can't abide that. Mike, am I allowed to go to the next question? Those were incredible stories. I love both of those. <laughs> okay. Question number eight. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Ladies, as I'm sure you're very familiar, this business creates a lot of friction. It's close quarters. We're working crazy hours. We're dealing with crazy people. Inevitably, there's a party scene and it involves sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Give us some of the stories about when the business gets a little rowdy. Listen, I work with so many rehab motherfuckers. 
That is insane. I'm sorry to say it like that, guys. I'm like, I I respect artists that 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 go to rehab and all the things, but when they come to to the bar and they sit them over there and the manager comes like, you're allowed to serve them tea. And I'm like, why they are in the bar? <laughs> I'm like, he's in rehab. He shouldn't be over here. No. And you're that bartender. Hi, how you doing? Would you like some tea with honey? <laughs> some tea with honey. <laughs> and they look at you like you know that the 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 I'm out of here rehab. I'm like, yeah. Oh, you want some honey on the side? Honey comes on the side. How 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 you want to do this? I'm like, it's really hard. I'm like, I do I do say something that it, it got my attention when I started working in the in the bartender scene is like. My mentor, the person that, that got me from bar bagging to notice that I was able to do a kato, she was a really amazing bartender back in, 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 in New York in the 70s and 80s. So, you know, she says something to me that, that marked my life. And she said, you're going to see all sets rock and roll and everything. But you had a choice as a bartender if you're going to get consumed with that. And I never understood that. And she's like, you have two options. You can be the bartender that everyone at the end of the night is going to know drunk in a corner and going to drink all their money. Or or you're going to be the bartender who's going to be respectful and you're going to help others. And that marked my life. So I think personally, I didn't went to the route of such drug and rock and roll. But if you ask me the people that I had take care in, in the industry, oh, my God. There's a lot of stories over there that I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> you tease, child. I sent an NDNA, but like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, just let it give us the date when that expires. <laughs> we'll have you back on. Let me tell you something. As a private bartender, sometimes you go to the house of a lot of people, and yeah. I'm not saying, uh, yeah, like alcohol and drugs are really something really common in social groups. And I must say, if I say it correctly, the more powerful you are, the more easy it is to get access to things in this life. You know, I, I come from Puerto Rico and there were things before that I was like, oh, my God. I was like, holy crap, these people are for real, like uh, gossip, gossip, New York type of thing, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it impact you, you know, and um. There's 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 really hard stories after that, but mm -hmm. you know you need to respect people the way they are, and as a bartender, you need to do the best you can. I, I yeah. like I like you sharing a parable for this question because <laughs> we all know how fun this business is, and we tell plenty of stories about the craziness. So I I enjoy that, and it um, the more that you've talked about your mentor, the more I am. I, I'm desperate to meet somebody like her. She's she has to be a legend in this business and has to have some some stories that would take us probably ten, an entire podcast series oh, to immortalize. But uh, Kim, what is your thoughts on this? Because I do have a, a follow up question for you both that's indelicate, but I can't wait to ask. <laughs> so, uh, but I will let Kim. You have the microphone first. Oh, any? God. I hope you're not going where you're. Any sex, drugs, and rock and roll questions that you particularly uh, you, yeah, come to mind with this business? I, I really don't have anything, honestly. I mean, I've I've served like rock stars. Like I've had Alice Cooper in the house, you know. Nice. I've had um, Anthony Michael Hall, which you wouldn't expect oh. to be a rock and roll kind of guy, but he definitely is. Kid can party? 
Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall can party. Are we Anthony hearing Michael that here Hall. exclusively? Oh yeah. Really? He he is one of those guys that'll buy shots for the entire bar and then get and out of here. Jump in the pool. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Wow. I just I'll tell you what my stock with Anthony Michael Hall just I I've, I'm not not been a fan. Of course I like him, but man, yeah. kudos to you, sir. Yeah, but I mean I really don't have like any crazy stories about that. Like that's, I, I that's fine. sorry going into me to cut you off there. No, you're good. I, I when I was in college, I had Wee Man pull up to our bar and come and like run the whole bar and knock all the shit over and. Dude, you do have world. you do have stories. <laughs> you yeah, do have not, stories. I mean, they're they're normal, you know. Yeah. Like having somebody in your like having a celebrity come and like ransack your bar—that's pretty normal. We <laughs> no, not at the bars I celebrity. Maybe there's expectations. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's great that you say it that way because it shows the veteran status that you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, they I say this is everything. It's gonna fuck up everything. And, and, yeah. and of course, this question lends itself to celebrity, but a lot of it is like, hey, you know, did you just see a lot of partying around you when you were coming up in the business? For me, whenever I answer this, I always talk about that first bar I ever worked at. I was 13. Everybody else who worked there was like 21 plus. They were all addicts. They were all partying. They were drinking. But we worked at a sub shop, God damn it. And they were all <laughs> drunk by four o'clock in the afternoon. It was crazy. So um, the question can mean a lot of different things. But I love how you think it's just normal that, yeah, you saw a wee man wreck a bar. That's got to take <laughs> some effort and a few ladders. But yeah, he got boost. He got boost. All right. Um, oh no, here's That's my funny. indelicate question. So you you guys you guys were nice enough to share the story about how you first met, how you hired Cha to be a bartender. And then obviously this love blossom between you guys over time. You left, you guys started dating, you came back. I got to know, because this is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, what was that first moment of attraction, and was it at the bar? Because I assume- Okay, that wasn't as indelicate as I thought. <laughs> I, was I, I was worried look, for a second. My lady and I met at a bar, okay? Now, we, we met her as a customer, me as a bartender. The flirtations were across the pipes. But I have to, under, I have to guess that some of those early moments of attraction were- where you guys were working kind of almost like close with each other, right? <laughs> whipped cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did she say whipped cream? See, um, this is why we say the gauntlet is hard. We're going into the interpersonal questions. I, 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 I gotta know. I gotta hard talk. I gotta... <laughs> no, I think it was. We've addressed this on other, you know, interviews and things like that. And it, it's a two sided story. There's three sides to every story, right? So there's my side, her side and the truth. Yep. Yep. My side is I couldn't stand her when she came in. Yep. She drove me nuts. She, yep. I love she, Cha. I love she had been avoiding mojitos as a tiki bar for at least a year before she got there. And she was like, guess what guys, my, uh, my thing is I'm a mojito master for Bacardi. And we were all like, are you fucking kidding me? Ah, I'm an island you boy. You brought the devil away for a year since we've got like, we get the muddle in the mail and we throw it away. We don't want a muddle. <laughs> how, did you, how, how did you get away with that? Uh, our manager was very non-existent. Um, he, okay. Fair enough. He trusts us we don't do that here. Yeah. But, you know, she 
she came in with this energy that was undeniable. And it was funny because everyone around us saw it and saw the way that we interacted. And they saw this kind of tension between us. And even mm. our, our guest, Greg, Right, yeah. yeah, he's like, I see you like Cha. And I was like, no, I can't stand her. And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> all right. But um, her side of the story is a lot different. You know, she she saw me. She fell in love. She told her her best friend that she just met her wife. This is soap like, opera. I'm not it's a whole, Latin, a whole romantic <laughs> like, soap opera. And it's just funny that we have these two completely separate sides of the story that ended up with us getting married two years later. Yeah, which is really funny. That's awesome. No, not only that, you know, like in my case, in my soap opera, because you need to understand, I'm from Puerto Rico. I'm from the land of Bob Bunny and soap opera and gossip right now. I'm like, Bunny buried under the sand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I suck him. And um, believe it or not, in my journey, I'm older. You know, I, I, all my friends will vow and say she will never get married. I'm like, I will never get married, guys. You know, but when I saw Kim, I I saw that Jean Jen. I'm like, for some reason, I went out that day after she interviewed me to my best friend, Nelly. Shout out to her. You know, she's still welling for millions. And um, <clears throat> I told her, I'm going to marry. I, I, I got a job and I'm going to marry the girl in there. Like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm marrying that woman. And uh, with this, you know, we got together. We we have amazing story behind the bar that we were working. Meanwhile, we were dating. We couldn't say it behind yeah, the bar, yeah. and that I bump like I will say, "Hey, you want some?" Oh man, a forbidden love. Cha, yeah, Cha yeah, you I love your soap operas. <laughs> Cha, you love your soap operas. How how sexy is it in that moment when no one else is allowed to know, and you just walk by and you like flick them with a towel. You bump them with an elbow. You just give them a little, you know, you or you fuck with them. They're about to pour a glass of water. You knock it over, oh, right? You steal their. Oh, her big man. thing was so we did frozen drinks for the main part, and her big thing when we they would put us on shifts together all the time because they thought that we worked so well together. We make a lot of money for the company, by the way. Like yeah. ridiculous together. You're good. Legit. You're good at what you do. You're good at what you do. No, no, no. It was ridiculous. The GM is like, we need to keep them together. I don't know what's happening. Then they go. Fuck HR, right? Yeah. But she'd walk by and she'd be like, because I would I would take orders from the window leading to the pool deck, and she would be making all of the orders behind me, like because she didn't have any people inside. So I'd be like, yo, I need three strawberry daiquiris and a frozen margarita. And she'd be like, hey, 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 you want whipped cream on them daiquiris? <laughs> and that was a little code. That was a little code between the two of y'all. Like, can you not be weird right now? <laughs> you want whipped cream on that banana? Like, stop. 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 Oh, God, I bet Greg loved this. It's not amazing where you're dating in a bar. Oh, man. There's nothing There's nothing better than that secret oh, tension. That nobody else is allowed to know about it. It's that, it's, that, it's that dirty little taboo. You know what I mean? There's. It's so good, man. It's, I think we might have to change this category to sex, drugs, rock and roll. And- and love stories. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, soap operas. Soap operas, right? <laughs> Telenovela, right? Right? You see, by the end of the podcast, we're in Spanish and singing reggaeton over here. Oh, play me some <laughs> reggaeton. I will move my body. I'm, re- I'm ready. Oh, oh, oh. Stop with the hand talking. That's it. Next question. Ding. <laughs> All right. All right. Hit, hit your little bell there, All Steve. right. Question number nine. <laughs> 
Bar hazing, pranks, and games. This is Mike and I. You kind of just touched on that one a little bit. Yeah, look, yeah, for sure. With the whipped cream, how you're messing with her. But this this is our favorite category. It's near dear to our hearts because Mike and I are stupid. And we (laughs) we like to do dumb things to pass the time when it's slow, right? So how do you get morale up, pass the time? Or just play games at work to keep yourself entertained. Give us yeah, some or of like haze or initiate a new a new employee. So when I was in college, I worked at a DoubleTree hotel bar, and it was our thing. So everyone that got hired was basically in the same year of college, right? So I got hired as a sophomore. All my friends that were in that same hiring class, we were all sophomores. The next year, it was the next set of sophomores, so we were all juniors. So it was this kind of fun, like, oh, the newbies are here, you know, the new kids. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 see what we can get them to do. So our big, our big thing was uh, draining the water from the coffee machine, mm-hmm. draining the hot water. That was a big That's one. Or delivering room service to a floor that didn't exist. Oh, like what? Floor 13. Oh, yep. that's floor a 13. good one. Always. Yep. Always <laughs> floor 13. To be like, how do I one. get there? And we're like, well, you have to go to floor 10 and then you have to take the stairs. And it was, uh, yeah, that's it was bad. I, I regret it now. I feel bad about it. <laughs> wow. um, but I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. I love that. We, we've we had the, the draining of the hot water one. I think that one's so classic because yeah. it, it, most of the time it's out in the open somewhere where everybody can see. Yep. And the whole thing is, how long are they going to go until either somebody has to tell them or they figure out that they're not draining right. anything? And it was, this, but, this was all before cell phones too. So you couldn't just like stand there like scrolling Instagram while you're draining the hot water, right? Like you literally yeah. are just standing there with multiple Cambros just draining the water and some everyone walks by and is like good job man good job (laughs) so much better when everybody's in on it i love that but the uh the the delivering room service to a floor that doesn't exist that's also a new one one on the podcast you guys have brought a lot of firsts to to this episode i've really (laughs) noticed as we've done this show for now almost uh we're you know we're past the two-year mark and um most of the pranks are wild goose chases right we're gonna send you off on some hunt that has no final conclusion there is no holy grail right um the funny thing about that is it could not be less efficient to running a bar business this this, this person that you've hired to do a job is not doing any work in fact they're wasting time at an aggressive rate it's i mean it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing so uh (laughs) it's funny that that's a common theme i i always love the the creative ones when we hear about uh you know it's not hey go find the left-handed ladle but it's Go find the 13th floor. Make sure you deliver yeah. this room service to them. Yeah. Would you ever send them with like odd items? Like uh, something difficult oh, to carry? No, no, no. I got the perfect one. You got to send them with like a banana split so they have to get it there before it melts. <laughs> before it melts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it was ice cream. Yeah, ice it was cream. always ice cream. Was it ice cream? Perfect. <laughs> it was like an so ice cream soup. sandwich. Oh, Kim, Devious. Kim, tell me that you have seen somebody's face when they walk back into the service area the on the main dripping. floor with the soup of ice cream, and they're just <laughs> they're defeated. They've lost. <laughs> they've they've ruined it. They fucked the screwed the pooch. Yep. Oh, tell me you've seen that, please. Oh yeah. Well, oh, they come God. back, or they come back, and all the lights are off, and everybody's gone. 
I would pay, oh, oh, I'd pay good money. I would pay good money to like, see that face. That's the best where they come out into the parking lot and we're all just standing in the parking lot, like drinking. And they're like, yeah. oh, what the fuck? And you're like, sorry, dude, there's no 13th floor. Like you didn't get a, you didn't get a hotel tour on your orientation. That's not my fault. <laughs> you should talk to HR about that. As a consultant now, we do tours of every yeah. single part of the hotel for petty, petty play so by Petty play for sure. Yeah. Very important. You never know when you're going to need it, right? You never yeah. know when somebody's going to have to do a little exploring. So, yeah. uh, man, that's a really, really good one. And I think, I think that in the, Dante, I know you get ready to move on the 13th floor in hotel. Like that's cause that's a superstitious thing. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think every Mitch Hedberg even has a lot a of hotels bit don't about, have them. He, he has a whole bit about staying at a double tree hotel yeah. and the 13th floor, but I don't think every, Oh, that's an all drink. Uh, I don't think that uh, every hotel or building does that. So it's always kind of interesting to see the, to see when with those in the elevator there. Yeah. Well, they have a 13th floor technically, but they call it the 14th yeah. floor. you got to listen to the Mitch Hedberg bit. He's it like, he's right like, he's people on the 14th 14th. floor. You yeah. know, which floor you're really on right. jump out of the window and you'll hit the ground sooner. <laughs> so, I love Mitch. Hedberg. Yeah. So it's the, the, we did a, a hotel opening in um, Portland, Maine. And their rooftop bar was on the 15th or 16th yeah. floor. And it goes straight from 13 to 14 or from 12 to 14. And you're like, mm-hmm. how do you not like. Well, that one was haunted. That, that hotel, hotel was haunted. haunted. Portland, <laughs> Maine and a lot of that area is haunted. Okay. You go from Portland, Maine to Bar Harbor. There are these weird little like. Listen, there's tons of an get, old fisherman kind of yeah. vibes. You know what I mean? If you ever get a chance to go to Portland. It's a beautiful town. Don't get me wrong. We spent two weeks there eating and drinking. It's absolutely beautiful. The historic, you know, kind of areas of it are beautiful. But the Westin Hotel, which used to be the Eastland Hotel, is extremely haunted. It's freaking Like crazy. But good haunting. Back of the house is underground. Good haunting? Good haunting. There's very happy ghosts there. Yeah, like they used to party over there a lot. So they're happy haunting. Yeah. Did, did you two ever... And, and I, So this is something on a handful of episodes, strangely enough, Alex Velez's episode, but we've had some ghost stories. Yeah. And it, we actually... Maybe we, maybe we need to work that into the bonus questions. Because, no, we should do like, our I, own I love ghost... Here, I love, we should do our did you own two, ghost did you, story segment. Yeah. Did, did you two ever? Did you two ever see anything? Yes. You know, at the Western while you were there. Oh yeah. Oh yes. So their whole yeah. like um, back of house kind of area, like all of their storage kind of areas, are underground. They're all in like these old tunnels, mm-hmm. and they have a they have one tunnel door that connects to I don't know eight blocks of the city. Yeah. And it goes. There's one tunnel that goes all the way to the harbor. So that's what they used mm. to use to bootleg. Okay. Um, yeah. It makes sense. From the harbor. Liquor and, coming in from Canada, right? Yeah, especially oh, yeah. that. So, them. so that sense. that door is blocked off. So if you go through the door, you can't come back through. So you mm. just get stuck in the fucking tunnels, which is terrifying to me. But the rest of their um, storage is all in the tunnels, and they had just ordered all of this new stuff for the for the rooftop bar. So the food and beverage director sent us down there, and he was like, "Hey, I just ordered all this new glassware. Can you just get it all together so we can bring it up?" We're like, okay. So she and I went down at probably nine o'clock at night, one of the nights, and we're just kind of sifting around these old areas. And every little room is like, it looks like they took a stick of dynamite and blasted out a wall. (laughs) There's no real doorways. It's just holes in bricks 
in the basement and you go through and they set up these motion sensor lights. Mm-hmm. So you go through the hallway, you step into a room and the light comes on. Some of the rooms, the lights wouldn't come on. So you'd have to go through and like turn on your flashlight and then you get to a certain part and the light comes on or the light just never comes on. And you feel that. And you feel like cold a cold thing coming. Like everywhere. on your neck. Like yep, on, your, oh. on the back of your neck. And we're super spiritual people. So we, you know. We're saging everywhere. <laughs> I'm here for the martini cup. Yep. And <laughs> ourselves in every room. I'm you you pull out one of your. You pull out one of your Camelback backpack hydrators, and it's just filled with, oh. you know, no, no bad juju cocktails. Oh, yeah, no, not like we're like feel. covering ourselves in oils to make sure that we're like giving off good pheromones. Like it's just a very strange no, environment. Yeah, yeah. But, the more deep yeah. you go to the tunnels, because I, I one morning I started decide to run with one of the poison tunnels. The more, mm-hmm. the more you feel like that weird energy. Like we all know yeah. energies, so you're almost invading the uh, spirit space. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm in the wrong place, guys. I'm like, yeah. I'm just a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a bartender. <laughs> all right, great. for all you, uh, oh. for all you uh, seekers of superstition out there. Yes. Uh, the yeah. Westwood is that what it is? The Westin. West- the Westin. The Westin Hotel, Hotel in Portland, Maine. Yep. We fed. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne is banned from that hotel because he yep. throw all the furniture from the rooftop bar and the pool to the to the street. Yeah, and that's that what hotel. The pool. Jesus, <laughs> that's great. I just I'm gonna put this out there for any of the listeners too. Halloween's my favorite holiday. Same. Um, what Same. I would love to do is whatever ha- Halloween rolls around, do a special episode of the podcast where we have don't, bartenders come on, where we have bartenders come on and tell ghost stories. I'm down, that but don't would, tell them the cool. other thing we're going to do for that episode. Okay. I don't know what we're, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. Keep that a secret. But no, I'm serious. I'm just putting that out there right now. If it, like we could have several bartenders on for one episode, I would love to get some good bartending ghost stories. That'd be fucking awesome. I would love that too. All right, guys. Question number 10. firing and quitting stories or as we affectionately call this category getting 86 yeah that is right yeah i i got i I needed to find an employee that he was in jail Oh, no. He was in jail. Yeah. The reason you had to fire yeah. you, had, you had to fire him while he was in jail. No, he used his one phone call. He one call. <laughs> oh, oh no! No. Like, if you ever no. hear that, I'm so sorry to today, buddy. My bad, but you called many times out, and this was like he called me. He's like, "Yo, listen, chat. I'm in jail." It was like you've received a collect call from. <laughs> and I'm like, inmate number. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, I'm not going to make it. Please, please. I'm like, buddy, I need to fire you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry that you only call. It's to me telling you, you don't have a job anymore. I'm so sorry. I can't. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. That Till today, one the phone guy, call. till today, I one phone call. Yeah. Still today, what? I, I, I met him in events, like I've been managing and creating events with him. And I see mm-hmm. him and he's like, listen, I'm like, I'm so sorry that you only called was for me to fire you. Like, <laughs> so you've reconciled. He doesn't harbor. He doesn't harbor that up on but, you. True story. He run naked through the town drunk. He was meant to be arrested. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay, so yeah I think so. 
Who's this guy think he is? Ozzy Osbourne? Like, <laughs> like, get out that of is, here. Man, that has got to be a defeating day, though. You're locked up. You're calling, naked. Trying to do the right thing, calling for, to, to work. It's like, yeah, you're fucking fired. <laughs> oh, man. That's, you know, he should have used your excuse when the cops showed up. I'm just a bartender. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm, right. I'm sorry. I'm naked, but you know, um, I, I just I love this category because uh, a lot of times it's the double middle fingers in the air. I went out with a blaze of glory, but a lot of the stories that we have heard in this category is just like when people get axed and it's like funny, tragic. That couldn't be more apropos. So mm. that's a great example. Do you guys have had any other ones of uh, where somebody got completely axed, eighty sixth? Or quit in a spectacular way. Uh, I had a guy that I had to fire. One of my most unexpected fires. Um, he same private party for Super Bowl. He took a bribe from a very drunk guest to get into this party. And 50, Mr. Oh. Fifty Cent's party. Yes, Mr. Fifty Cent's no. party. And uh, the host, my host at that time, he took a bribe. Of a hundred bucks for this oh, guy. Oh, that's Come it. Come on. Right? That's what I said. That's what we said. <laughs> I took him downstairs and I was like, bro, at least a grand. We at are. least a man. If you're going to get fired. This is Mr. 50 Cent. What are you doing? You know, the Kim, worst this part is was, a- I had to take the money because it was a bribe. So I had to take the money from him and fire him on the same day. Yeah. Like, See, Kim, this is a great with, learning opportunity money? right here. Okay. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. The, What'd you the do money, with the money, I gave it to the staff. Yeah, I gave it to the yeah. tip pool. I gave it to the tip pool. But this <laughs> is a great learning opportunity. We always talk how the service business teaches you about all different aspects of business. This is, you know, as you're firing that individual, you try to explain cost-benefit analysis, right? <laughs> Where it's like, look, is $100 worth risking your job? No. Right. Would $1,000 be? Maybe, maybe. You need to learn that. You need to learn that cost benefit analysis if you're going to put your your employment on the line. So, now was the was was the guy able to sneak into the party? Yeah. So the the problem was this was a closed event, obviously for a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Had it been just a regular ticketed event, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But Mm -hmm. this was a crazy person trying to get photos of Fifty for his own stupid. YouTube series or whatever. Like, you know, it's just now we're risking the reputation of the celebrity. Now we're yes. risking the and of the establishment. Yeah. yeah. Like you took a bribe from a dude you don't know. It could it, it genuinely could have been a dangerous situation. It could have been a very yeah. big safety issue. So yeah. people don't it, realize. it was a whole thing, but yeah, it, it we I took him downstairs with my director of sales and she was like, Are you serious, dude? Fuck and he was that. like well, you know, the guy said he had a ticket and it didn't come through on Eventbrite, so I couldn't find his QR code. And I was like, and "Why'd you take the hundred dollars?" Are you not fucking stupid? <laughs> yeah. Like I thought I was a dude. Like I thought you it's were a major fine. loss of business for you guys. Yeah, yeah. right. Like yeah. obviously, that fifty parties paid for. It's happening, but you think other celebrities are going to come there if they know that you're or the even one fifty coming security? back to that location? Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, Mr. Fifty. Excuse Mr. me, Mr. Yeah. Fifty. <laughs> You, 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 you gotta let him go, man. That's how, how long? How long was that crazy guy able to meander through the party? Uh, five minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah it happened in and out pretty quick. No, it's really. Bad. I would imagine. Even me behind the bar, I saw the move, and she was well, like all moving, and we were like, I was like, 
Well, and I saw, I knew the guy was trying to get in without a ticket already. I was running before. So when I saw him inside the door, I already like confronted him. You had already flagged him. And he was like, well, your host let me in. And I was like, oh, "Oh, man. People don't know. How did did you know? I had to kick the guy out and then fire my host. Like, yeah. Which that sucks. That's how a double much, uh, how did you, who, who, who spilled the beans about the, the bribe? He did. The host did. He did. He was yeah. so dumb. He's an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ladies, that's our first, that's our first ever 172. Oh my God, Steve. Wow. The, the double 86 thing. Cause you wow. kicked out the guest and the 25,000. <laughs> Yeah, it's a match joke, guys. Match joke. All right, all right. What an unbelievable jaunt through the gauntlet. Yeah, you did. We we're we're there. Incredible. These stories have, uh, honest God, singed my eyebrows right off my face. It's been some great stories. Uh, I I have been so excited for this, uh, mostly because we we sometimes when we have a uh, a very seasoned guest on the show. They take control. They dominate the gauntlet. Well, I already knew we were going to have two very seasoned guests on the show, and you guys did not disappoint. It was incredible. The stories were awesome. It was great to get to know you guys a little bit better, too. And um, I appreciate you sharing everything that you did with us. So um, we got a few more things before we're going to get you guys out of here tonight. One of the the first things that we're going to do is talk about the cleanup. This is your opportunity to take over the show. Okay. So what we want you to do is give us recommendations, give uh, uh, for things going on in Tampa, drinks you like, food you like, plug Lucky Elephant, or just tell us about some bartenders that have to be on the show. Think about this as your corner where you get to take over and clean up our bullshit. Give us recommendations on questions if we need to be answering. Well, yeah, if if there's anything we miss at all, we'd love for you to to shine a light on that. But like Steve said, we'd love some recommendations Mm -hmm. from you on places to check out for us and for the listeners. And then we definitely want to hear about some bartenders from you too to have on the show. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, places to go. Um, Tampa has kind of blown up, like we talked about in the last couple of years. And a lot of our favorite places have either closed or come under new management. So it's a little bit sad uh, for the hospitality industry down here. We've kind of lost our, our grip on our home spots. Um, but definitely Copper Shaker in Ybor City. Um, Gin Joint is another really good spot. I mean, as a tourist, if you go to either of those places, the hospitality is going to be amazing. Drinks are going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Your experience is just going to be really cool and and intimate and not feel like a tourist kind of setting, which is what we like. We like to go Mm -hmm. travel to places where we feel like we're a part of the community, not that we feel like we're being treated like tourists. Standard too, yeah. Yeah, we like to give those recommendations where, you know, it's not a hotel bar. It's not like a a tourist trap, but it's more of like, this is where we go and we – yeah, every every time I go to a new city, I always ask a local bartender where to go because yeah. I don't want to go to the places that are you know rated on Google. I want to go to the spots where the industry people yeah, hang right. out. The beauty of Tampa, and I definitely recommend as bartender to come and visit. Tampa is one of the cities that you can bar hop and do multiple things. Like you can go to Ybor City, there is a historical area, and you have bars that have been there forever, and also new trending bars like Wiley that we have our friend Moon running that bar, and she's amazing. Shout out to her. You know, 
copper shakers over there. And then you can grab the trolley and go to downtown Tampa. And from there you have Water Street, you have all the area and you get a, a scooter and jump to Amateur. So it's one of the cities that you can pass a whole day jumping from one to each other yeah. and drinking. And the reality is our local bartenders are amazing. You know, this city is all forward drinking and having a good time. And the mayors and everyone around have put that effort. And we have seen that as a young entrepreneurs. Definitely that's something that you guys must come and, and visit Tampa. Let us know. We give you a tour. I'm really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah. So do you want to give us a few bartenders you'd recommend? And then also we definitely want you to plug your projects yeah, and Lucky do. Elephant and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So bartenders to recommend. Uh, we have a couple of mentors in the industry who are good friends of ours. Um, Caroline, who on Instagram goes as the Tiki Witch. Oh, God. Uh, super well name. known in the industry. She, you know, has seen a lot of shit. I think she could give a whole new perspective. Um, she is on the industry. Uh, the Grand Bevy. If you guys heard about the Grand Bevy, there is a bartending company out of California and do like the beautiful thing. She's a beverage director. Definitely that's a person that you guys should talk to. Yeah. Yeah, we'd love to have her on. Yep. And then um, Richie is another one. Papi Chulo. His Instagram <laughs> handle is uh, Libation Poppy. Yeah. Um, okay. He's a guy out of Miami. He worked for Broken Shaker, you know, just industry, total industry guy, but 100% sweetheart you know, just loves what he does and works for um, Illegal Mezcal right now. So brand rep for them. Love love that brand. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's working it, you know, and he's doing a lot of really cool things and we'd love for you guys to have him on too. He's, he's a, he's a riot. (laughs) The the gauntlet has been thrown. We'd love to have him on. Yeah. And uh, what we doing. So if you guys, uh, what we do, we are lucky elephant solution. We're consultants. Also, we are the beverage uh, director and director of operations for South block hospitality in Tampa. This is a hospitality company that cover catering different venues in Tampa. So if you want to elevate your service, uh, you, you want the craft and the beautiful, were of the industry we're bringing that to the to the catering world in a certain way you know for many years we saw the need of the catering world to have an elevate service and uh we partner with south block hospitality so if you need anything in the tampa area you can find us with them and uh shout out to them the amazing ownership that they're ready amazing people giving opportunity to a lot of people out there so we're really happy to be with them like we said, we're Lucky Elephant Solutions. We are in Tampa where we can be all around the U.S. if you need us. Yep. Do you guys do uh, like uh, virtual consulting as well? Yes. Yeah. And uh, all of your information will be in the, in the show description so the listeners can just scroll down if they want to find your link. So I think that's awesome. And not only is it just clear from what we just did with the gauntlet that you two are industry vets, you know what you're doing, you you see it from the service industry workers perspective. I also think you two would just be a hell of a lot of fun to work with. So <laughs> I think I think it, I think it would just be an enjoyable experience. So we wish you the best in uh, all of your food, future endeavors with that. I think what you guys are doing is really awesome. You guys are such a great compliment in the way you play the notes. I I, I thought it was so funny when Kim said when she first when Cha first started working here, I hated her guts, and that is <laughs> such a great testament of. Uh, 
of you guys being so well-rounded together, right? Like you, mm -hmm. that you see the, you, you are a great compliment for this industry, but you see things from different angles. And that's what you need when you're working with a consultant and you're trying to make sure you're not missing details. You know, that's, I think, the, the really big She's the thing. She's the boss. Really thing. She's, <laughs> the boss. She's the boss. All right, guys. Want some, want some whipped cream on that? We're going to shut it down, let you break out the whipped cream canisters. Oh, uh, but Lord. we do have a few more questions before we let you go. Originally, we were going to call this category, uh, you know, just our wrap-up questions, our closing questions. But now we're calling it the tip out. That's right. Make sure you tip your bartenders before you go. I hope you had a very fun time. So we have two important questions. The first one, and we say it slightly in jest, but it rings true. Why do you still do this? AKA, why do you hate yourself? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it become a passion. Yeah. It's, it's like a, the best addiction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we read like crazy people. Uh, we research all the different trends that are going around, around, going on around the world. Um, Japan and Australia are really cool markets to follow because they are doing some really inspiring things. Um, pastry chefs are another one to really get behind that. They've got a lot of tools that we can use and that we've been using for a couple of years. Um, but it's just, it's fun to continue learning new things and it's literally never ending. Like there's always something, you know? And once you get bored researching and creating menus and all of this stuff, there's always that opportunity to pick up a gig somewhere and have the adrenaline of serving a thousand people, you know, and being mm -hmm. stick and just being just a bartender. Like, I'm just a bartender. Yeah, it's a constant any... challenge. And yeah. that's what you're saying, whether it's physical or whether it's right. mental or whether it's, there's just the constant, constant challenge. And I love that. I get well, addicted to that. I can't yeah. help and we it. Oh, you really highlighted earlier about <clears throat> how important a bartender can be to a guest. Just the, just the, yeah. these, the small interactions, the words you share with people. But I imagine now too, with your consulting business, um, I would imagine that you both also find a lot of meaning and purpose in what you're doing as well, because yeah. you're literally helping make the industry a better place for not just the consumer, not just the owners, but for the people that are working. In oh, a hundred percent. The only reason why I'm still in this business after all the ups and downs is because I want to marry a mark. You know, I want to give a quality of life. I, I don't think people respect what we do through thousands and hundreds of years because we've been since history. We've been bartenders. I'm like, even you go to the Greeks, everyone, I'm like, Jesus, have your own bartenders. Come on. <laughs> you know, and in reality. And I, I think when you get to your life purpose that you know you're good at it, I'm, I'm blessed with, with a beautiful career, with a beautiful business partner that is my wife. But now my purpose is to build a better industry for the people behind us because people should respect this. We're the, we're the people that people go when they're in sorrow, when they're sad. We are the bartenders. We're the psychologists before the psychologists. You know, all the yeah. respect to everyone. And a, lot, and a lot less expensive most of the time, yeah. too. And, so. and <laughs> we're the ones that we, we give you that word sometimes to wake you up and to go back to reality and be like, I need to get my shit together. So in my purpose is to build amazing companies and to go to business owners and say your tools is your employees and it will 
benefit you for the rest of your life and give you a quality of life, that's it. That's the only reason why I'm still over here because we're crazy when we still live forever, ever. We should be realtors, right? <laughs> no, you guys aren't quitters. You're not quitters. Never. <laughs> well, I'm building up, you know, the, the, we're really proud of the teams that we build too. So yeah. we go into places and, you know, yeah, we're consultants and yeah, we might be only there for a few weeks, but the teams that you build and the confidence and the pride that you give them in doing something that they do like, but maybe not is socially acceptable. You know, we grew up in a time where you're a bartender. Yeah. But you're, it, it's a stepping stone to something else. Yeah. You know, the generations behind us, there is no stepping stone. You know, they're not being forced into college. They're not being forced into finding a career. They're just, Everyone's just letting them be and they have no idea what they want to do. So they get into bartending thinking, you know, this is the best way that I can make money. And I'm just going to find the place, especially for women in their 20s. I'm going to find the place that makes me wear the least amount of clothes so I can make the most amount of money, you know, and then you give them something to be passionate about and be prideful about and teach them how to make a correct cocktail and teach them how to have a little bit of swag in their shake behind the bar and teach them you know, all of these different facets of the industry and how to love it. And it's just, it's so empowering to those, these kids it's because perfect. we can call them kids, you know, they're in their early twenties and they become these amazing bartenders and these amazing influences. And they're the ones that are creating the industry for us to retire off of basically. It's so amazing that you're in you're, yeah, you're, exactly. You're inspiring that and guiding and a guiding new too, scope yeah. of what they can do, and they're going to then push those boundaries, which is, uh, I think, what's awesome about then working with those teams. And if you're there for sixty days, ninety days, or you know, you just come in and consult and move on, that could be uh, really, really rewarding. And I appreciate you guys sharing that with us. Um, the last question, which is a little bit odd for the two of you because you put your money where your mouth is. You become entrepreneurs. You do consult. It also kind of feels like you're building brands all the time. But if you two opened a bar, what would you call it or what would the theme be? Now, I have to think you've bantered this amongst each other over breakfast a time or two. Everyone is betting this. Yeah. Just to let you know. Like from Puerto Rico to Wisconsin, everywhere is bad that we open. Up. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then we're asking some of the right questions. Yeah. You do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the bar will be called Dos Pendejas in a Bucket. Two Stupid in a Bucket because two, two Stupid Girls in a Bucket. <laughs> and I'll give you the reason. At the Tiki Bar, we, oh, there's going to be so many guests that are going to figure out our secret now. <laughs> Um, when you're on vacation, you do not have pockets usually, right? Especially, especially the women. Especially as we've the learned. women at a pool bar. At a pool bar. So if you're carrying cash and you're paying for your drinks in cash, you don't want to carry around coins. Mm -hmm. So if you pay us back in, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013, we were working at the Tiki Bar as your bartenders. Uh, if you paid us in cash and we owed you, let's say, 98 cents, I would give you the most amount of coins that I could possibly pull from my till 
So you would leave it on the bar top for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little sleight of hand there. I like that. <laughs> I mean, what are you, you going to do? Take your coins with you or just leave them there? Right? So you leave me a dollar plus your 98 cents. Uh, we started a bucket in our house. That was all of our coins that we got as tips. And we started rolling our own coins to give them to the bank. Because if you put them into a coin machine, they take a certain... It takes 10%. Percent. Yeah, oh, right. I've, I've, I know this game. Oh, you're, yeah. you're hitting on one of Mike's uh, <laughs> tried and true passions. Oh, no, not a passion, a necessity. <laughs> if you roll your own coins and you take them to the bank, they give you the exact amount. Mm-hmm. So we not only started our business with coins from our bucket. Oh, my God. Uh, we got our first dog with coins from a bucket and we paid for half of our wedding with coins from a bucket. That is incredible. I love that. So to all of those people that tipped us in coins at the Tiki bar for three years. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So two, I, I, two stupid girls in a bucket would be the name of our bar because it's literally how we started our entire life. Two stupid girls that could That's run awesome. through fucking concrete and brick and steel <laughs> walls to get to where they want to go. I love yeah. that. It, Thank they, you for all your change, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you two are continually undeterred. And um, man, I've had so much fun doing the show. I hope you have had uh, as much fun as Mike and I. It has been awesome uh, that you guys have shared all these amazing stories. And I hope very soon we'll get to be uh, in person sharing a drink together. As we kind of bring this episode to the close, I'm going to raise one last for Net. I'm going to say thank you to Kim and Cha. Thank you to my beautiful co-host, Mike. What an unbelievable time. And as always, to all you barflies out there listening along and drinking along, Fuck off. (laughs) Salud. Salud. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening along and thanks for drinking along. We really hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. That was a lot of fun. And if you did, we release new episodes. We're trying every Monday, but basically whenever we feel like it or whenever we can. A big shout out, as always, to our friends over at Trauma Parlor, the song that you've been rocking to this whole time. Uh, whenever uh, you have a chance, please go check them out on Spotify, check them out on Facebook, show those guys some love. No doubt. Uh, and if you want to be one of our regulars, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, pretty much any of your social media platforms, at BRP Drink Along. You can listen along anywhere you get your podcast just by searching the Bartender Rant Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. This is the best way to help us grow the show and reach new listeners. The more ratings and reviews, the faster we climb up the charts. And I'm telling you guys, I'm desperate. Like, if you don't validate Mike and I, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I'm not. I, 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 I would like some personal validation. It does mean a lot to us. But uh, sorry, Steve, you totally threw me for a loop with that. I'm going to freak out, man. Don't forget, if you are a Spotify user, be sure to check out the BRP playlist on our Spotify profile. We've got some cool stuff. It's summertime. We've got a beach bar. I'm telling you, check out the beach bar playlist. At least give it a shot. It's fucking badass. But most importantly, we've got the BRP Industry Night, uh, which are all songs chosen by all of our guests. So you can hop on there and see what kind of music uh, Kim and Char are into. No doubt. And uh, one of the things i got to ask you guys is why don't you love merch as much as I do? Well, maybe maybe I'm being a little aggressive. I know you love merch. And if you want to check out all of our sweet merch, all of our amazing swag, 
Uh, check the link in the show description and on our Instagram page. That's the easiest way that you can just click, click right over to the merch page and buy some real cool BRP swag. And if you just want to hang out with Mike and me, join us the first Monday of every month for our virtual industry night happy hour. You can have some drinks, meet some fellow bar flies, and listen to our guest bartender playlist. You can also tell Mike and I how much we suck at podcasting. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, yep. uh, particularly our Instagram story, where we will have the link to that. Uh, yeah, that you could you could you can give shit to Steve about how he doesn't know how to fucking press a bell. Uh, for it's, God's it's, sake. First off, you don't press how, a bell; you ring it. So now uh, who's no, no, now no, no. Fool. You press the bell, now and the mechanism rings the bell. That's how now fucking works. Shut the now, shut now, the for all of, now, now for all, all of you shit talkers out, this is my life. Now for all of you shit talkers out there, it's your turn on the mic. We've set up a bartender hotline called The Suggestion Box, where you can air your grievances, you can tell us your stories, or you can just rant about the bullshit that you just put up with. All you got to do is dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T and drop a line. Mike and I, or Mike and I, Steve and I are going to play the best of the bunch, and we're going to react to your crazy stories uh, in our new bonus segment. So the next time the bar business has you saying, fuck me, just dial 423-P-O-D-R-A-N-T. That's right, Mike. And now you get to talk again. <laughs> and if you want to be one of our VIP listeners, please subscribe to the Bartender Ramp podcast on P- Patreon. We're going to get access to bonus content like the shift drinks, the Boilermaker tapes, hopefully Ranch versus Blue Cheese crank calls, uh, live streams of the episodes so you can watch it before anybody else does. You can see it happening in live, get to see how the sausage gets made, and you can check out uh, that content and so much more. No doubt. And if you want to be a big tipper... AKA one of our Bozells. Feel free to leave a tip on PayPal under the bartender rant podcast at gmail.com. If you do, we'll list you as one of our executive producers for that episode and shout out your name and drink of choice right here. Yeah. So we've got my father, Mike. He's been on the road today. He's been listening. He was listening to Olivia's episode earlier. So he heard all that dirty talk, but Mike, the seven and seven with the maraschino cherry. We got Chandler with the brass monkey, that funky monkey, Leah Grace with the old fashioned, a classy drink for a classy lady. We've got Bramden in the daiquiri and car bombs, even though he didn't want us. He didn't know if car Love bombs you, was PC. Love you, Bramden. But the, the car bombs, this is not a PC podcast. So fuck it. Car bombs, drop them. And then we got Leo, who hopped in at the beginning of this. He got to watch some of the uh, live recording. Leo and the Grasshopper. And we've got Javier, Daiquiri Till Death, Dak Till Death. And finally, last but not least, Regina Grace with the Traff Natty Light and a hot Malort in, in his champagne. It's, I'm flute. telling you, I've been the losing... champagne of pain. I've been losing <laughs> sleep about the champagne flute. I really have. Look, Mike and I do this because we love the industry and we want to bring you great content, but this is not our day job. With your help, we can keep the stories coming and interview local bartenders from coast to coast. And as always, don't just listen along. Drink along. If you or someone you know is struggling with alcoholism or substance abuse, please contact SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-4357. Their National Helpline is free, confidential, 24-7, and 365 days a year. Look, we love you guys. We really appreciate listening along, but more than anything, we want you to stick around. And you can't do that if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you do need some help, 
please reach out to the International Helpline. If you're an international listener, please just get online and find a helpline or a help center near you. And as always, Steve and I are happy to talk to anyone. If you need just somebody to, to talk to or vent to, we're happy to be there for you. We can't offer you any professional help, but we really do appreciate you guys being a part of this podcast and we want you to stick around and Steve and I are happy to help in any way that we can to make sure that that happens. So thanks again, guys. We love you and we'll see you on the next episode. You know, babe, I love you, but you just, you'd cut me off and then you do what I was trying to do. I'm just trying trying to give me this. I'm trying to explain this stuff. Steve's like, shut up. Let me tell them about it. It's like, okay. You were going into great Uh, detail. I know the idea is yours. Don't worry. It's not my idea. We're the married couple. Knock it off. Are you sure? Are you sure? Don't be can you stop so, being an lesbian right now? <laughs> Let me tell you. So, listen, do you know the only, the only, the greatest gift in our relationship and the biggest fucking tripping block is the fact that he is 19 hours away. Oh, if he God. was, if he was right next to me, I'd punch him in the face so no, often. No, he wouldn't. He but, would grab my thigh and smile. Oh. <laughs> Did he got any? Uh, you got any kitties there? Or is it strictly dogs? Dogs. Yeah. Dogs. You don't like cats. Cats attack me. <laughs> <laughs> They're bitches. She's a witch. So I'm a witch, so they She's don't like witch. me. For real. Like, I pass through a cat, so like, ah! I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what I did in other life. Does someone fuck me up with cats? What snack you got? Baked chips. Baked chips <laughs> oh, yes. oh yes if you uh if you only knew my lady we only refer to her on the show as the lady because she wants to remain like batman bruce wayne anonymous right Love uh, that's a good one Love that. her her favorite favorite snack of all time is lay's baked chips and she guards them with her fucking life oh yeah <laughs> she's 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 a nut about them so uh i can right. i can testify did you did you figure out the bell? Are we good with the bell now? You know, I don't think I did, but I'm. We're gonna power ahead. I think I might re like. Why we don't give it. you one like? Cling. I think I need <laughs> just give him a gong. I might yeah. need like I might need something like that. But, but the idea, of, the idea. Of this, Let's get you. I mean, that's just good. press it. Just pr- just press it. I am. No, you're hitting it. Just press oh. it down. You need one of those bells, like in an Irish bar, where they go. Cling, 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 cling. <laughs> yeah. You need one of those. Oh.